ourselves that they were gone but they were just hibernating welcome back to watchmen minute the show that's taking you through the hbo watchmen series one episode at a time i'm travis bow from real comic heroes and i'm eric nash from almost famous minute how's it going hey i'm pretty good buddy how are you not not bad it's been an exciting week of uh just basking in the post episode one glow you know yeah, all, all the all the chatter, uh, oh, with, man. you know, within our own group, and then on other yeah. places too that I that I check out on a somewhat regular basis. Yeah, checked in a few times. It's been crazy. Like as soon as that episode finished, and it's like you know we recorded the next day, and then you start to find out so much more about stuff that we weren't sure, you know. Yeah. Until very oh, yeah. recently, after watching the episode, like you know, real stuff that happened, and then all these other articles start coming out, and just crazy about how much real, real world stuff they're incorporating into this show about a f- an alternate reality, you know. Mm-hmm. So it 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 colored my viewing of this second episode of like, I mm-hmm. bet that's not too far from the truth, you know, and just yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So it's it's uh, it's been interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think we kind of have a little maybe different uh, different take on what or different uh, uh, procedure what we're going through how we're going to go through this episode than we did last week's. Yeah, that was right off the bat. Yeah, just but, purely a discussion of that uh, first episode. Well, and I think a big part of that is because we didn't know there was going to be this like supplemental right. information dump that that they you know the official HBO. Um, you know, site is this PDpedia kind of thing that they're doing all based around this, you know, made up character of, uh, is it Dale Petey? Like he's yeah. A, yeah. I was thinking it was maybe Dick or Dale or something. Yeah. And, something with the D. Yeah. So it's like he uploads these, these files each week, you know, various news clippings or, uh, you know, official documents that of course are tied into the, episode that we just watched and and we didn't know those were going to be a thing um uh-huh. at the start so it's, we didn't have that information going into our review of episode one so yeah right and it's and it's very it's done as a way to kind of mimic the what i always kind of call the the back matter of the uh, original comics yeah the single issues as it came out and then when it's collected in the chapter form it's it's at the end of each chapter or slash issue. Yeah. It's so fitting that it's done on this mm-hmm. website and it looks yeah. very basic, mm-hmm. you know, so. Well, and then of course it's also even mimicked in the recent, uh, Doomsday Clock. Okay. Comic book series too. Cool. Um, so yeah, do we want to quickly go through what we learned from the, from PDpedia just, yeah. just around the first episode? We're not going to, I think the, the format going forward is going to be, you know, we won't do this at the start of the episode for the previous episode. We'll just have yeah. mm-hmm. this one just being, you know, because we didn't know that that information was going right. to be available. So, um, so, yeah, we had uh, the 
there was one file i think i'm just i think it was working top down it said memo uh the computer and you and this was one that an article or report written up by this uh dale pd and he is basically informing his uh co-workers about um i'm sorry this this file is from james doyen the director of Fe- uh, director of fbi and he's informing yeah his coworkers and employees that you know these new computers are going to be distributed and they will have um n mail or, or i'm sorry l mail and uh you know basically it, it's letting people know that these devices are not going to be harmful just because they you know are basically hooked up to you know a wi-fi network and you know the the main i think takeaway from this article is that um you learned that in 1993 there was the total uh, tech recall and reintroduction act of 1993 and uh huh. talks about this this electronic device does not contain manhattan made components so i guess post 1985 everyone was freaking out about technology that included you know uh Manhattan derived, yeah, you know. So it's almost like you know, like uh, uh, almost like treating him like in anything he did as, as like a hacker and and malware almost. Kinda, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like well, stay away from that because that might have malware. Mm-hmm. Well, people were worried that they weren't safe. You know, yeah. Just you, you might get cancer if you're exposed to this this radiation. Yeah, you too. know, that sort of thing. Uh-huh. So, but uh, did you get anything else? from that article not article no but, yeah, uh, yeah I, I i really don't have really detailed things okay. on any any one of them okay i just had those the the l mail really sure. stuck out to me you know yeah because it specifically says you know uh yeah electronic mail in parentheses l mail um the next one was this research file about trust in the law and it is just a it's has this uh, heading as if it's from the Greenwood Center, which is the area where everyone lives here in, in Tulsa, the Greenwood District. Um, it's the Greenwood Center for Cultural Heritage, and it's this uh, Tales of the Black Marshal, which I like the title just because it sounds like Tales of the uh, Black Freighter. Mm-hmm. And it's this story about uh, Bass Reeves and um, the the way it talks about the movies that were made about him and i think this is mostly fictional i mean they do talk about uh reeves in general which i think is mostly real real information and then um but they kind of have the fictional twist of of them talking about these movies that were made that we saw in the first episode and that there was like a film festival coming to this uh theater which i guess the dreamland theater was one of the real buildings that was just burned to the ground just destroyed in the 1921 massacre so um there's a clipping for vite declared dead which the only real um um i think interesting or thing that i took from it is it keeps mentioning this uh true industries um and i looked up true and it is uh well the the name is vietnamese it's like a vietnamese surname which is, uh-huh. you know, in Watchmen, that, that's certainly relevant. Um, there's this uh, Lady True, or it's True 
Truthy Trin, Truthy Trin, and uh, she's known as the Vietnamese Joan of Arc. So that was kind of cool. Um, let's see. And then lastly, there was the uh, memo for Rorschach's journal, which is yeah. this is the one that's uh, Dale PD um, writing to his coworkers about just the dangers of uh, the uh, you know the people that are. Um, idealizing Rorschach and Mm -hmm. and the content of the journal itself and how like it just appeared weeks after the incident in in New York and you know was it real and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. um, the my big takeaway was it does uh, it it, uh, flat out states that Dan Dryberg is um, in it's like been uh, he was apprehended and then I think he's in a some institution, not mental institution, but you know, a government facility. So he's basically in prison. Uh-huh. Which I think that was a big question that definitely had going into it, especially considering that a, a lot of myself included for a while thought that Don Johnson might be playing him, yeah. you know, as an alter ego. So, uh-huh. and then of course it talks about. Uh, Lori Blake and her yeah. being involved in this, and at the same time, she's now an FBI agent. So, right, and that's 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 kind of what I'm gonna get at is that okay. I don't know, and if if people are kind of crazy about spoilers a little bit, like maybe tune out for the next minute, I don't know half a minute, maybe kind of just skip ahead if you would. But the thing is, is that you know, with I mean that's that's a very obvious thing that we get at the end of this episode with the coming next week. It wasn't a coming for all the <laughs> right. Um, and, and she's, it's, I think it's, it was made pretty clear in that coming thing that, uh, you know, she is former Silk, Silk Spectre. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, Eddie Blake's, the comedian's daughter, Lori Blake. And, and, you know, in it, as you're, I think probably about ready to say, she is the comedian. At, at one yeah. point she had called herself that after mm-hmm. the squid happening. Right. <laughs> Squidening. <laughs> um, Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy that Dan's been you know convicted, I guess. Of I guess something. so, or yeah. <laughs> Yet she's on the other side. Yeah, so maybe yeah. they had a falling out, or it'd be great if that comes into play. Mm-hmm. If there's some further mention in the actual show itself, and not yeah. just staying in the back matter. Yeah, so it's a pretty cool information. I think mm-hmm. um, it's there's definitely a lot to read with these, and that's that's the same was. Same case with the the stuff in the back of, of each issue. You know, there's a lot to read. Sometimes it, it it's tough to get through if it feels like yeah. you're reading a, mm-hmm. a just a boring you know government report. You know, but mm-hmm. you kind of have to read them because there's there's nuggets of of really important information in there. So, um, but these have been mostly pretty good. I didn't read all of the uh, the Vite declared dead one. I just kind of skimmed through it looking for keywords and that sort of thing because it just felt like very yeah. Standard information that, I don't, you know, but that is, that's all I had for, for that stuff for episode mm-hmm. one. So, um, so will we cover episode two's back matter, PDPedia after, after this? Yeah. <laughs> I would think at the end of, or, end of this episode. Yeah. Very towards cool. Or I mean, if, if it, I guess if it applies to what you're, yeah, sure. the point you're, you know, making in, in the actual discussion, mm-hmm. feel free to bring it up, but. I figured we just hit it at the end of the, uh, at the wrap up section of this episode. That makes sense. Cool. 
Okay, so uh, so at this point we'll go we'll go ahead and get into this um, this uh, episode two. Um, I'll, I'll say the uh, episode title now. I mean, it's going to show itself similarly. You know, a couple couple few minutes in, I think I'd say roughly. Um, martial feats of Comanche horsemanship. Um, you know, and, it, and and this episode it's kicking off right away with uh, this other historical moment. Mm-hmm. You know, it and it. A pretty close in time relation to to uh, what we saw last week, uh, 1921. I think it's I, I forget if they put a year. I don't I don't think they put a year up, um, but it's definitely it's essentially ends up being World War One. So that's 1914 to 19 um, uh, 17 uh, 17 yeah 18 so. 18 I think 17, yeah they 18. didn't they didn't throw the year uh, up yeah. this time around yeah but um you know and, and it's and it's and it's how we what the very initial thing we see is is the word watchmen and it then zooms i mean it's it's it's, the, it's in the yellow font and all mm-hmm. but um it it zooms out from it being being typed it's you see it kind of being typed uh, yeah. from this typewriter and then we have all these close up sh- shots of typewriters and so forth so this is some kind of a uh, pool of uh women in germany uh typing a lot of uh important stuff for the war and a, and a officer comes out and asks for one in particular who he apparently has figured out, uh, can understands and types English. Fräulein Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. And about the, just seeing the watchman, uh, I guess, uh, name, you know, being typed out. Uh I think just from the first episode we saw that and it, it was playing on like that old timey, you know, reel to reel, film footage that preceded the Bass Reeves film that Will was watching. And it didn't occur to me, I think I just assumed that's how Watchmen was going to be displayed at the start mm-hmm. of every episode. Yeah. I didn't take take it then that it's going to be tied into whatever the first thing that we're seeing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So now we kind of see that this one is typed each letter at a time. And so I can only assume then that means we'll see the letters for Watchmen or the name the word itself just as a part of whatever the opening scene yeah. is for every episode. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, the uh, it's hard not to hear Fraulein Mueller and not think of Rolf Mueller, who is plays, you know, uh, prominently in this episode, you know, being the uh, hooded justice and that, that name Mueller is, yeah. I think connected. I mean, that's it's. You know, they don't just randomly ch- choose uh, character names in uh, mm-hmm. when they're making a show like this. So, well, 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 to dig right into some of the back matter. <laughs> sure. From from one of them, I I definitely I you know, I don't I didn't I didn't have a note down for it, but it's just something that stood out and definitely something I wanted to mention. Yeah. There is in in one of the back matters there is Robert S. Mueller. Yeah, Mueller. I saw that too you know, in there. So, I mean, I think it's, you know, it, there's a very big, strong German thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm even half German myself, but, but, um, you know, uh, uh, uh some slight changes that happen, you know, a, a lot of times with, uh, the German name when, when kind of Americanized, Sure. you know, so, yeah, because, because I think a lot of times, I think it's the, uh, the, the you with the two dots, I forget which one, what, what, now, what name that it has. But uh, I think it's the M with U L L E R, even. Um, I think I think I noted. I, I didn't note it, but I think I noticed 
that uh, it did have that spelling in the in the captions. I think. Yeah. And I think we as we all know Robert S. Mueller is M U E L L E R. Um, our our recent uh, special counsel. Right. Looking into the um, uh, uh, twenty sixteen Russian interference hmm. in our elections. Um. So so uh, this uh, officer he directs. Uh, dictates uh, a letter uh, actually not a letter a uh what ends up being you know it's it's what i sometimes call like a pamphlet or, yeah. or a little flyer type yeah. thing i mean it's it's definitely going to become a lot clearer what how this really ties in mm-hmm. <laughs> extremely heavily but uh you know it, it ends up being dropped on you know the african-american soldiers of the u.s army drop, dropped above them and and into their hands um and as a bit of propaganda to try to get them to uh, to, to uh, not participate, yeah, and the and not to hurt any Germans, yeah. And and apparently, this is also based on uh, real yeah, events. Like and that. I I did see a comparison of the real pamphlets mm-hmm. that did say uh, just like this one, you know, colored soldiers, and it had the same uh, basic structure, and it may have been word for word the same, but. You know, this was a real pamphlet that would have been distributed uh, back then. And, and we saw it in the first episode, of course, because it's what he writes, watch over this boy on, on the, yeah. on the back. And, uh, I mean, that's, that's where he, I guess, carried it with him, you know? So I like how it, uh, it, it goes from the German officer reading it and then it goes to OB reading it yeah. uh-huh. and then even, is it? Then go to young Will, reading it. Yeah, young Will, and then old. And Will. finally, yeah, old yeah. Will. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and and it's and it's the what we see when old Will's reading it. He's sitting there next to the tree. Yeah, in the dark. Yeah. I don't recall seeing his lips moving right then, so it almost no, felt no, like a think, bit yeah. of uh, narration, sort yeah. of, but the same way that the rest of them kind of were. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, and and so, like I say, he's sitting there next to the tree, and yeah. the strong light that I don't—I forget if we kind of really mentioned it too much, but I definitely heard it in other podcasts or at least at least read it um, during the week. Um, you know, people saying I didn't see any kind of big, you know, lights, light oh, equipment fixture right. sitting next to him. Light source. Well, yeah. it's, this is just a flashlight in his hand, <laughs> sitting in his lap, which. Yeah. Oddly, there's a point later when she's certainly doing stuff with some of his things, um, you know, in his pockets or whatever, but that, that doesn't really seem to come into play again. But it's a strong enough flashlight that it really you know, made made a lot of us, I think, think there ought to be some kind of big <laughs> oh, yeah. light lighting device Yeah, that, um... that he'd have a hard time putting into place as well, mm-hmm. as well as lynching Judd. Oh, right. Um, they make pretty strong flashlights these days. I remember even like mm-hmm. 10 years ago, uh, someone like uh, showing me this one that they had that mm-hmm. it's called like a million candle watt light. And it's, it's like this, but even 10 years ago, it was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm sure they're much smaller now. And then, then in this alternate reality, I'm sure they're using some sort of other technology to make them insanely bright and in a small compact easy to carry, you know, flashlight version. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, um, go ahead. So Angela, you know, gets, gets and starts wheeling him away. 
You yeah, know, we see that, and that's when the title is displayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that uh, there's definitely a uh, similar to last week. How pretty much at the very very end is when we <laughs> kind of really figured out what that title, um, mm-hmm. how that related to something in the show. Sure. This one, it's, it's kind of close to the end, but it's not. Yeah. Quite there. Yeah. But we'll hit it then. Yeah. Um. So she ends up taking him to the bakery mm-hmm. <laughs> and and she ends up going down <laughs> into the nun cave um but <laughs> yeah. but first she hands handcuffs him you know and take and takes the um pills and and that piece of paper um very, very folded up at that point um and she makes him a cup of coffee or she she actually starts it mm-hmm. she'll uh we'll, we'll see her giving it to him in a moment here sure but uh she goes down and and she's uh Kind of gets really upset when she gets all alone further down. Yeah, I really like that moment. It was, uh, I like that she gives herself in this uh, private, you know, space. She gives herself this like 10 seconds or so, you know, just to let the pain, you know, let, um, I, you know, the, the Lindelof connection between this and Lost is, was definitely apparent for me here because it reminded me of the first episode of Lost. Um, when Jack is, he's trying to sew himself up. He's got like a little cut on his side and he's, he's got to walk Kate through the process of just sewing, you know, Hmm. sewing up another person. And he explains to her because he's a uh, neuro neurosurgeon or spinal surgeon or I forget what kind of surgeon, but he explains to her like you know you, you just need like to let the fear in, just give it like ten seconds to let the fear in, and he just tells her about the situation where he was performing surgery and got into a situation where he made a mistake and had like he he said he just counted to ten and let the fear in, and that's what I watching this. I just took it as she's letting the pain in, letting that hurt, you know, pain that because she hasn't had time to react to Judd's death, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, instantly, she she drives out to the the woods and is confronted with uh, Will and sees him up in the tree and has not had a chance to just let it out. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important that we get this scene where you know I. I Refer to it, yeah, like just letting the pain in, just because it just reminds me of that uh, sequence mm-hmm. from the first episode of Lost, and I, I don't know if that's a something that Lindelof had a, um, you know, was doing intentionally, mm-hmm. if that's it comes from somewhere else, but uh, it's certainly where I went with it. But. And, and and he is uh, the writer, or actually co-writer of this one of note, at least. Yeah. You know, I mean, he's conducting the writer's room. <laughs> You know, mm-hmm. so there's actually. And I don't remember. There's, what's that? Uh, I I don't remember if if Lindelof was involved in Lost from the start, or if oh. it like was J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams and yeah. then Lindelof mm-hmm. came in. So I don't know if he had a hand in that scene from Lost at all. But it definitely felt like a little bit of that here, and that's. I don't think it's a. Um, I don't think that idea only comes from Lost or like this. So I think it's represented other places, other. <laughs> media of like you know someone lashing out once they're you know secluded once they're private i guess uh-huh. even saving private ryan it's like you know tom hanks's character has a moment where suddenly something really overwhelming happened and he just like hid behind something to have a good cry for you know 15 uh-huh. seconds or something just away from 
his men, you know, so they they couldn't see him. But you know, I, it's really effective. I'm glad they uh, included it here. Um, and then the point I was kind of then also going to make with with uh, writing credits, at least, uh, I happened to notice that uh, uh, later on, there's like towards the end, there's like three or four episodes where he's not the writer of note. There's like another person or two total, and okay. not him at all. But hmm. like I was saying, I'm sure he's 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 certainly been in the room, and he's yeah helping it along and getting it to go in the right direction and all that. Um, but mm-hmm. then but then for the last episode, it's back to him. And I, okay. I, I think it's him and this writer again. And actually, I think it's this okay. writer's name first, whereas I it's think, Lindelof first this time. Yeah. I think um, just just based off like more recent episodes of uh, Fat Man on Batman, hearing oh, yeah. uh, Kevin Smith and, and Mark Bernardin talk about being in writer's, writer's mm-hmm. rooms, right. uh, especially because they're doing it together now um, mm-hmm. in, for that He-Man show for Netflix. Like they've talked about it like, you know, a writer you might have five or six writers for a series and they kind of rotate which whose name gets put on the yeah the episode and they all have maybe small contributions to each episode but basically mm-hmm. one or two writers take the lead and their names get put on the episode it becomes it becomes their episode even though you know other writers might have had you know ideas or or other dialogue or bits of of uh, contributions so you know i'm sure uh, damon lindelof is is on all of these episodes in some you know maybe some more than others as far as writing goes you know but um yeah so. uh-huh. um and then the other big thing i kind of wanted to note at some point here while while they're kind of uh talking or what have you or, or even even when, when she was first bringing them in in the back of my head, while I was on, on the first watch, I definitely was thinking a ton about Judd's body, um, oh, okay. which we find out here shortly. But um, you know, I was just like, I mean, did she bring him down herself and uh, put him in the back of her car, her SUV, or you mean Judd, or, or yeah, or could have oh, left yeah. him up there, you know, yeah. hanging? And we'll find out that that in just a moment. Well, it, it certainly raises the question of why did she take Will? at all like why was she taking him here yeah. you know like what is what is that decision based on you know why mm-hmm. you know yeah why take this guy prisoner and then later on she is she's going to cover it up that you know in a few minutes you know she'll get the phone call and react to it as if it's the first mm-hmm. time and then um, and what what would the process be for her i mean is she going to give you know continue to lie and give some right. kind of false yeah. story that right what would that what would that have been yeah <laughs> will, will we see that in the next episode i mean well you know we yeah have the sense but because yeah i'm well. sure they they don't take you down this path you know for no reason so yeah. there's a reason that she did this without anyone else knowing you know um, mm-hmm. we'll find out i suppose but just yeah just uh, definitely one of the questions i think of the episode is why go down this path of removing him from the crime scene and imprisoning him in her, uh, what'd you call it? Nun cave. Yeah. Nun, nun you cave, know, yeah. and this interrogation thing that she, she takes him through. So all will be revealed. I'm sure. Um, so, uh, she, she gets, she gets, uh, changed into her <laughs> sister night outfit. Yeah. We see that spray painting on, um, over her eye area, upper, Upper part of her face, um, 
that you mentioned, I think, back in the trailer episode. Yep. Um, uh, she, she gets back upstairs to Will, and, you know, she's she's giving him the coffee. You know, he asks for sugar. She says no, and he says <laughs> some bakery. Yeah. Um, he drinks in a big gulp. I mean, probably, I guess, maybe half of it. I mean, a ton. <laughs> yeah. A yeah. good chunk of it. He certainly has a little more, at least, um, as we see in a minute right. again. Um, but so we had one uh, one of the people in our group. Do we have that name? I think it was Jeff Hamill. It was, yeah, Jeff Brought Hamill. Brought it up. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's a very, very uh, commenting a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A lot of good ideas. Um, so we'll have one other thing to throw in there that, that he pointed out that uh, we'll, uh, I think we'll save for that point. Sure. But as far as like drinking this hot coffee, you know, immediately, like, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's an old person thing. Like Mm. I've, I've been out to eat with my grandmother who I've seen her just drink hot coffee. The second it has, you know, the second the, the person has finished pouring it and, and placing it in front of her, I've seen her pick it up and just drink it. So I don't know if it's an older thing where you just don't have pain receptors. Yeah, if you've done that enough, you'll, you, you've burned them away. That's I think sure. so. <laughs> you know, so initially it, it is surprising to see Will just grab this coffee and just throw some of it, so much of it back in one gulp. But at the same time, like I, I've seen it done, <laughs> not to this yeah. extreme, of course, like not the entire, mm-hmm. you know, at least half of the mug, but. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's a thing with, uh, once you get older, but. And, and the only other thing I have to say about the mug for right now is, is that and it was actually when she put the, co- uh, the mug in the coffee makers that, uh, she removed the pens and pencils from it. Yeah. And she didn't yeah. wash it out. <laughs> my, <laughs> that's how little she cares about. Yeah. This yeah. <laughs> that would yeah. drive me nuts. I would not be able to. My wife made the open. same comment. Um, she, <laughs> She didn't end up watching the entire episode with me because she hasn't no. seen the first episode, but mm-hmm. she was in the room when I started watching it, um, mostly just, you know, playing on her phone. And, and she did happen to say that she didn't even uh, yeah. wash it out for him. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't think she cares if this guy has a clean coffee mug. Yep. And uh, so she's asking him about who he is, you know, saying, who are you? And, and he's going through a lot of different things. He's at one point he's claiming to be Dr. Manhattan essentially, right. <laughs> you know, talking about, talking about Manhattan's power, what he thinks Manhattan's powers are and <laughs> what she thinks. And, yeah. I um, like that. It's kind of vague and, and you know, yeah. And then, yeah. Was it, Oh, it's her. I think it's her that says that he can't look like us. And that's something that I don't think has been established before. No. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I like I like what he has to say back. Is that well, he can duplicate himself and yeah. he can change his color. So yeah, yeah. Um, he he asked for uh, pills for because of his memory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, something to help with that. And so she obliges. So she, so he does have a little more something to drink in the cup. Right. He uses it then. Um, yeah. And and makes he, the comment that he needs the memory. He needs the pills. It'll help. Um, because he's been away for. For a while, he, he something to the, the to that effect. So we don't know where he's been, of course, and we don't even know if he means you know being back here in Tulsa or being on planet Earth. You know, um, certainly, uh, it's certainly a mystery. Yeah. 
So eventually he he come he says his first name, Will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then he also gets into this idea that you know the chief Judd had skeletons in his closet, right? And he's also very much claiming you know as part of being Manhattan is that you know he's he's the he's the one who strung up your chief of police. Sure. Yeah, and kind of keeps repeating that every time she asks him mm-hmm. who he is that, that he's the guy that strung up the police chief. Yeah. So. Um, she gets a page. Yeah. And answers it on the phone that's hanging on the wall there. Um, the people on the other side apparently are informing her that they've found Judd. So she has this very, you know, uh, what we know to be fake. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, but convincing, I, I think. Surprise. And, yeah. 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 And I don't maybe it's like Looking Glass who's calling her or maybe Red mm. Scare or it could yeah. be, you know, just, just some other uh, police dispatch kind of mm-hmm. – uh, office you know worker so we're not sure but um now i wasn't totally sure on this part uh or i'm not sure if i have my notes right okay uh kind of uh looking at other other synopses too to kind of get this squared away you know and but so at at one point does he does he is he saying that he's her grandfather um not here Or, or 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 otherwise other other than that so it's later but she is grabbing the mug yeah to, she just wants to, to, to do find what she out. ends up doing yeah um maybe because he said the thing on uh on the phone in last week's episode about mm-hmm. knowing her father was it yeah so yeah, maybe it's just a mm-hmm. I, I need to find out who this guy is and i need to do a secret uh dna test you know, I could take this back to the police forensics people, but then I'll have to answer questions about where did I get this sample? Yeah. You know, it didn't come from a crime scene, you know, all this stuff. So she knows, you know, we don't know, but she knows of a way to get this DNA analyzed, you know, somewhat mm-hmm. anonymously, I guess. So, um, yep. so I think, yeah. is that it for this scene for you? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Good solid scene, you know. But I did notice as she was driving away, um, she passes a building and we see the the Hiroshima silhouette of the. Oh, yeah, I, the, I saw something about that. Today. Okay, yeah, the the couple em, embracing mm-hmm. on you know silhouette kind of uh, graffitied on a wall of a building. So that was certainly. You know, ever present in the in the book, and then they managed to get it in a few different ways in the movie. Um, not that this is homaging the movie; it's definitely from the comic. But you know, nice to see it there. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a little curious as to why that particular symbol would appear here in Tulsa. You know, I don't know if it's yeah. mm-hmm. you know, is it just fan service Easter yeah, egg type right. stuff, or is it? Is there a reason that it would be here in Tulsa in nineteen? Or, sorry, in uh, two thousand nineteen. So, not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we get uh, something familiar from uh, again <laughs> book and movie. Um, uh, a newspaper stand scene. Yeah, <laughs> just feels like it's yeah. straight out of the book, and and mm-hmm. and even the movie. Just this, these two guys, you know, one 
you know, one guy working the, the newspaper stand and one guy bringing the papers and their banter back and forth. And, mm-hmm. and another person picking up. Yeah. Looking yeah. for stuff. Um, I just wrote, kind of wrote this down as, you know, here the Bernies again kind of thing. And um, the credits are the uh, – my second watch with the mm-hmm. subtitles on uh, the – it is the vendor. So the guy working there is credited or yeah credited in the subtitles as Seymour which is a name you know that pops up mm-hmm. in the book um, as the you know, Seymour is the guy who gets or he's he's the guy that's delivering papers and that yeah. gets Rorschach's journal at the end of the of the story um not that it's the same guy I don't think but it's just interesting that uh, the name pops up again um, mm-hmm. I don't think the, the delivery guy, his lines are just credited as delivery guy. So I don't know if that means that we'll see more of him later or, or what. But now, now there's a reason I was kind of a little unsure of what or when this is taking place because mm. this uh, on the new on it's on the very at the very bottom of the screen, very you know close closest to. Uh, the, the camera view a couple times is the new t- new frontiersman. Yeah, uh, global squid falls baffle scientists headline. Okay, so because it's just it just isn't quite making sense to me that they have all this stuff, all the all the warning stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and signage and and al- yeah. and, and alarms. Yet a headline headline like that would make me think this is fairly recent. Oh, yeah, of an event. Yeah. Maybe it's just because it's it it's they're still baffled. You know, it's been this yeah. long, yeah. and oh, I mean, I don't know if it's been thirty years of Squid Falls, <laughs> and or if it's been five years of Squid Falls. But yeah. regardless, yeah. they are no closer to an answer of where yeah. these things keep coming from. Sure. Which yeah, I've, that's certainly you know. Yeah. Is the. I think where the idea of of calling them interdimensional what is it, how do they word it interdimensional shit. attacks? I thought it was shit, interdimensional shit. Um, mm. in the first episode, they they oh when Looking Glass is interrogating the guy, he says, mm. you know, do you believe oh, yeah. the government oh, yeah, is yeah right then behind the interdimensional something phenomenon mm-hmm. maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, so it all yeah it's. They're no, they're no closer to finding out what what the reasoning behind this is than they were day one, I, I guess. So mm-hmm. I think that's the, I think the reason behind that headline. Yeah. But I do like that it, it, you know, flat out calls it squid falls. You know, just yeah. just because it would be just as common as rainfall. I like mm-hmm. that. So and it is also global too. I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. interesting to know that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it just, it just threw me that first watch. I, I thought oh, yeah. about it a bit less, I think on the second and, you know, with this, with this, uh, younger, uh, uh, girl, uh, coming up and seemingly getting a whole bunch of, a whole stack of different papers slash magazines. Yeah. Um, for, I don't know, like a, a, a parent or a boss or something. Or, I took it as a boss you know, maybe. Yeah. yeah. Like maybe she's somebody's and, and the, assistant or. The vendor is saying, "Does does she really read all this?" Yeah, I think I have a, an idea of who, not specifically who this character is, but I think I know based on you know the trailers that we watched. I think I know who she works for. 
uh, but I won't. After I, I'm not gonna <laughs> speculate here just because mm. I don't know the. I don't. I don't need to muddy anything that <laughs> might not be true. So, uh, but yeah, I, I suspect that we'll see her again. So, um, and so now we go back to the crime scene. Yeah, that we had uh, Angela getting alerted to. <laughs> um, and she's driving in and. Uh, Looking Glass gets into her vehicle and he has to move the cup. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, uh, yeah, sure. real quick, just backing up to the news vendor stuff. He huh. says, and I quote, uh, Lib Stapo. Because right. um, he said it the first time I watched it and I, I was like, there's a word there that I didn't quite get. But then on my second watch with the subtitles, um, it, yeah, it's Lib Libstapo or Lib Stapo. Um, basically the liberal, you know, Gestapo. Gestapo, you know, the, the militant, I guess, liberal, <laughs> basically just referring to, to everything Redford is doing is, um, like, so I, I like that word. I don't think I've ever heard that before. So, no, yeah. um, I definitely wanted to mention that, but yeah. Um, yeah. So you were saying Looking Glass uh, gets into yeah. Angela's car here at the yeah, crime he has scene. To move, he has to move the cup. I think yeah. he puts it up on the dashboard, essentially. And what then they you... have this kind of you know, lengthy, somewhat back-and-forth conversation. It's, it's fairly contentious at points. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think and, he makes yeah. of the coffee cup? Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I would wonder that. I, I kind of had that in the back of my head, too. It's like, yeah. You know. It's 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 almost like he's just okay. She's doing something on her own. Yeah, know, she's got something cooking. <laughs> just yeah, I mean, just like how she did with and, right. and Jed was the one that kind of really talked with her about it in the first episode. Yeah, that she had that initiative mm-hmm. of going and grabbing one seven uh, k person. Yeah. Um, the main the main thing I noted here was how Looking Glass ends it. Mm-hmm. You know, with why am I crying under here? Oh yeah. Under his hood. Um, uh, right before that, just him. You know, when she he's he's he is interrogating her. You know, even though yeah. you know, they have discussion of you know why are you interrogating me? And he's like, is that what I'm doing or something like that? And it's like, yeah, but but he flat out is interrogating her. Uh, you know, because he knows that that they were hanging out last night as a, as a big family dinner. Yeah. And of course, you know, asks about being strange and was he drinking and, and did he, was he high? And of course she tells him that, yeah, he, he, he did some blow and then he has the line about it being some party. And then she says, you know, my kids were there and he says, your kids. Yeah. You know, and that yeah, certainly yeah. is a, uh, a pointed comment. Yeah. From him first, to her. In the first viewing, I was thinking about how is that is he saying that because you know, like you're not supposed to tell people personal information. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, a, it's a Reservoir Dogs thing, <laughs> right? Um, no, but I think... then I realized no, I think he's kind of kind of giving her the, the you know some crap, a little jab, yeah, yeah, a little. It's not not very nice at all, in my opinion. Yeah, it kind of shows you his yeah. adopted kids. Either his view on adoption, period, yeah. or mm-hmm. specifically the kids mm-hmm. that she adopted, and we'll find out later in this episode that you know exactly who these kids are. Mm-hmm. You know, so 
something that, that rubs looking glass the wrong way about that situation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. And we get, I think one of the coolest things. Yeah. Okay. The media drop in. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Th- this is great. This idea that, um, the, these kind of not paparazzi, I guess just news photographers, you know, news journalists, mm-hmm. um, on these, you know, mechanized Mothman wings yeah. or derived from Mothman, um, which just makes a lot of sense to me once I started thinking about it. Um, cause he created those wings and that whole getup back in the thirties and they worked, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to fly like this. And so of course in 2019, there would be, you know, an improved new and improved version of this exact same thing. So um, just seeing it here, I, I really, really enjoyed that. That was that was a fun moment. I thought. Um, so then, uh, uh, Red Scare gets mm. involved here and and starts uh, beating up on the guy a bit. Break definitely breaks his camera. That's an important yeah, thing yeah. to him at that point. But then tries to do a little bit more and looking glass seemingly kind of. I think uh, he doesn't pull him off or anything like that. But he just kind of <laughs> like sure. You can go a little bit easier on him. Mm-hmm. So there's a little. Seems like there's a little bit of compassion there. From yeah. Him, but um, you know, and then then you know, Red Scare is going on, and he, he eventually says, "Who the fuck is in charge?" Well, it, I put it in charge. Yeah. You know, who, who's in charge? And he says, "Who the fuck is?" Mm-hmm. Um, um, go ahead. Uh, I wasn't sure at what point do they. That must be right before they agree to to get Judd right. down. Exactly. Right? Okay. Yeah. And so then I think the important part here is that she's kind of the main person embracing seemingly. Yeah. That, that embrace I think was really important, you know, and it Mm -hmm. happens kind of like three times in this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. I just kind of this uh, final hug that she gives Judd. um, I like the way it plays out that it's, it's hitting her in that moment that this is the last time she's ever going to like, feel him you know, that close that embrace and then it yeah cuts to it takes it her to a flashback and then mm-hmm. it's like another embrace but with uh cal her husband so yeah and this is where we essentially are one of i think i think a pretty decent question from last uh, episode uh last uh, you know yeah. our episode from <laughs> about the episode sure. um the reference white knight mm-hmm and the whatever seemingly happened three years ago, that's apparently they are the same one and the same thing. And that's what we're going to see here. Yeah. And it's so home the, home the first crazy thing that we hear is the two minutes till midnight is the time. <laughs> yeah. Um, so apparently I guess this whole thing is going, is was set to go down at midnight. Yeah. Christmas um, Eve. Yeah. Midnight. Yeah. Um, it's a great sequence, you know, mm-hmm. um, I noticed, that when she is aware that someone is in her house, um, I guess backing up, I really like the yeah. the moment be- just between her and Cal. Mm-hmm. The, just just the setup to this scene of of them teasing each other about him want- wanting to open this gift. It's re- it comes off as really sweet and genuine and mm-hmm. um, playful, and I totally you know buy into it. Like it's this really fun moment between these two. That, you know, obviously doesn't last very long once they hear tiny little noise and, and she instantly 
thinks something is wrong, you know. Yeah. So I don't know if if they've been as police, if they've been, you know, hinted or told that that something could happen, or you know, someday, some sometime, some there might be a, a some the cavalry might come after people. I mean, we don't know, but um, she definitely seems worried in the right way very quickly, you know. Um, which of course leads into the, the moment where the guy does, you know, bust in and, and she does this awesome, like in one fluid motion, she goes, she pushes Cal out of the way and then dives towards the fireplace, which I was expecting her to pull a gun out, you know, from a hiding, hiding place, Mm -hmm. but she unplugs the Christmas tree lights Mm -hmm. just to, you know, get that sudden darkness. Um, and then, Mm -hmm chucks this uh like a fire poker <laughs> from the uh the fireplace yeah. you know throws that at the guy and then Which is, he... to me very reminiscent of comedian throwing his mug okay at bite yeah yeah and i think that's when she gets the chance to sneak off to the kitchen i think is when so. yeah right and she grabs a knife from there yeah um and ends up killing that i think that first intruder yeah is that right because because there has yes. been this other intruder that we, they they kind of heard the noise and apparently it was upstairs mm-hmm. someone coming in through seemingly upstairs I yeah. think because something something said here in just a minute another another yeah. minute essentially where it's you know killing killing all these police officers in their mm-hmm. sleep seemed to be the idea yeah um, and my initial just questions you know, we don't see Cal again. Um, right. Yeah. At first, on on first watch, I I didn't remember even seeing a second Rorschach mask or second cavalry mm-hmm. member. Um, so I started writing down all these notes about like you know we don't see the the second shooter because she does she stabs the one and then I think turns and she gets shot and like blasted out of the way and then I thought like oh no you know we don't know the identity of of the shooter but then it course on second watch i was paying more attention and not writing notes and i realized okay we do see um a 7k like coming up and putting the gun you know to her face and all that so Uh um yeah so apparently there were two in the house and uh which is an important part yeah have next we have her scene coming out of the fate the 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 fog Mm -hmm. of being she's in the hospital and judd is in front of her and he's been seemingly hurt in some way I, it was only on upon the second viewing that, that i caught that you know it was indicated that he was shot yeah as well. i vaguely remembered seeing it must be when he's changing his clothes mm. in the first episode mm-hmm. you can see some bullet wounds on his mm. shoulder area so it must be from this um uh, from white knight you know he must have taken like two or three shots in the, in the right mm-hmm. shoulder area and it sure didn't occur to me, but throughout what's said here, I mean, there's only at this one point is, is it mentioned between either of them, and it was I think it's more him saying the the one attack the 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 one attacker. Yeah. No mention yeah. of a second attacker, and you know yeah. what I I didn't think about this at all last night, but upon looking at stuff today and then rewatching it, you know, okay, yeah, I hear what I hear what he's saying there, mm-hmm. and her not say anything further either is kind of odd though though Mm -hmm. too but the idea that maybe 
that uh, that shooter for not having we don't we don't see what happens you know he has the gun to her head but we don't see what happens next right we're we're being left out yeah. of that knowledge and it could be Judd is is one idea at least hmm okay or does Calvin take care of that person but then why not mention right yeah I don't know it, well, it's definitely one you could mention too yeah it's definitely something that we're not meant to see now you know we might get another flashback later that's going to fill in these gaps you know what happens when she blacks out how does how does her blacking out you know with a gun pressed against her head or close enough you know how i mean i would assume then that cal is involved in keeping them alive you know maybe he because we don't see him again so at least not in this you know sequence so yeah definitely need you know we need more information for sure but it is so strange that that judd is saying you know there was only one and it Uh so uh yeah it's like, um, why, why what is of, he hiding uh, and why, I guess. Yeah. And then another kind of um, numbers game thing I think it's mm-hmm. happening in trying to figure out oh, yeah. what happened here on White Knight is that, you know, there's this number of 40 mm-hmm. police officers that were attacked. Yeah. And he, he at one point says there's nobody left. Yeah. And that, I before I continue, continue them, because of what he says this doesn't mean that they're all dead besides the two of them. Right. He says entire force knows and therefore they're resigning. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I so, get the sense. So the thing I've heard is that, you know, well, I, well, I think, I think it's, uh, I think it was part of the uh, back matter. Yeah. Wikipedia, yeah. Is that apparently there's three total that right. lived. Right. So, but I get the sense the that they're one other. of the 40 that were attacked, three mm-hmm. uh, survived. We don't know who the third one is. Maybe Looking Glass, maybe Red Scare. Probably, yeah. probably Looking Glass. Mm-hmm. Is, that's who I would guess. Well, and and you know, this Red Scare. I mean, you know, is is he putting on a Russian accent? Accent, or he may not have been in in <laughs> this. He, really uh, is, he really may not is, have been in just, this community. Yeah. you know mm-hmm. that he back then he in. may have joined okay. up later. Yeah. Um, sure. Regardless, like we have of the forty that were attacked, there could have been other officers. That were not attacked. Oh yeah, you know they were on That's the for force, sure. but maybe their names weren't included in some list, and so, mm-hmm. um, so maybe they were inadvertently were safe. You know, just just by the sheer luck that the, their names weren't revealed, and so they may have also been part of the the ones that he was referring to as the force. You know, no one is is you know, everyone's quitting or or however yeah. he words it. So, because he definitely made it sound like people were choosing not to come back and right. choosing to leave not that they were right. all dead you know so maybe he was keeping that from her temporarily yeah you know? that could be Just, i mean why why go into the idea that like practically everyone else yeah besides like one other died yeah um i did notice that he calls he refers to himself or i forget how the how the exchange goes but yeah. i mean informs her that he's a captain of course, you know, it makes sense. It, it's it's years, three years prior to present day. So we, we I think it makes sense that he's not chief um, back then. He, he refers to himself as captain. But then in the supplemental stuff in that PDpedia uh, site, in that same article that we learned about the 40, it refers to him as lieutenant. Um, and then quickly thereafter, 
says that after this white knight, he becomes interim chief. So I don't know why it says he's lieutenant the, during the white knight. And I don't know if that if that's the same as being a captain. I thought it was two different uh, ranks. Mm-hmm. So there's just a slight discrepancy there. I don't know if one's a mistake. I can't imagine that there's – I can't imagine that there are mistakes like that. So I don't know if I'm not getting something you know, because I yeah. don't understand ranks and, and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, why he would refer to himself as captain or maybe she calls him captain. Yeah. And then in the, the newspaper – Talks about him being a lieutenant and then interim chief. So we'll don't know if that's a big deal or not, but just something I noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. So we're okay to get out of the flashback. I think so. And what's about to happen is the I I, I say it's you know like a siege on Nixon mm-hmm. on where some seven K people and what sympathizers are yeah others. Uh, I, I take this as trailers. as Nixonville is is the the people that used to live in yeah I guess in the Greenwood district that once the Red Fredations quote unquote you know once that happened I think a lot of these people were displaced or you know mm-hmm. maybe lost their homes um, and that's why they live in this community and of course that's why they are a bit upset, you know, so maybe they're not 7K, but they're definitely not, or definitely are more than likely are sympathetic to the 7K, you know, Nixonville people. So, yeah. Um, so Red Scare, we hear hear from him a lot more again. Um, he's saying, you know, we even, he even says, we tear down, we tear down your fucking idol, you know, <laughs> if, if they don't come out and... yeah. And essentially turn themselves not not turn themselves in, but but you know let themselves be put in put under arrest, yeah, questioned and so forth. I guess is what would mm-hmm. happen. Probably back in the pod, maybe. Yeah, um, it, it's a we satisfying. Even see that, we even see that uh, kind of you know chaining, roping, what have you oh, around sure. this around this uh, cartoonish <laughs> bit Nixon, yeah, uh, statue, uh, fairly colorful, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's, a lot of, I think for me, it was a really satisfying, uh, sequence in, in a mm-hmm. go to hell racist sort of way. Like, yeah. you know, just seeing the, all these cops just, you know, just bashing heads and, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, electro electrocuting these people and, and that sort of thing. And, and, uh, something I missed the first time around, um, when it's, you know, we have, Sister Knight and Looking Glass, and they're just right. kind of, you know, they're not really engaging. They're just sitting back, observing, and all this stuff. And 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 that's when I didn't notice it the first time that she warns him of someone attacking the two of them. But she looks to the right where he's standing, and the attack is coming from the left. So I completely missed the first time around that she was looking at the reflection in his mask. That there was an attack coming from mm-hmm. the other side where she wasn't looking. So, totally a, a an awesome and and clever way to you know to do that. Like, just I hope we get more stuff like that. I mean, just you know, of course you'd use that, and and you would notice it because it'd be a lot of movement coming up. Yeah. So totally um, works. So, so she ends up going, you know, pretty Warshack on this guy, and we even have the 
bark of the dog mm. in the background to kind of make me think about that upon my second viewing more so. Okay. That's for sure. But but she she certainly has a little less uh <laughs> uh little less um you know uh, stick to itiveness <laughs> sure than, than Horshack did. Yeah, yeah. Um I like right after that, you know, she has that moment just beating the shit out of that uh that guy. Um, kind of takes another moment for herself. You know, I think that's when she yeah. goes to her car right. and just, you know, has to just breathe heavy and just kind of realize what, what she did. And then that's when she um, it takes us to the next scene, I think. Yeah. So she's, uh, we see her walking um, and she's out of, she's back into her civilian clothes. Yeah. Um, as Angela. Uh, she's walking to the Greenwood Center for Cultural Heritage. And she goes inside and uses this kiosk. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, I'll say actor for right now, uh, <laughs> the actor uh, who is the uh, the person talking on the kiosk is, um, he's, he says he's U.S. Treasury, Henry Louis Gates. I, I forgot to get in, dig in further, but I kind of had a feeling upon the first viewing. And I think, is, is it Junior as well or Senior? It is Junior. Senior, junior. Um, that he was a real person by that name as well um so sure. so is he currently also u.s treasury or so has he been? uh i'm not sure i Something looked up because yeah. the name you know i i i'll be honest i didn't recognize the name i don't okay. know if that um but i looked up henry lewis gates jr and it, it lists him as or like the i think the britannica Entry for him just has him as American literary critic and scholar known for his pioneering theories of uh, African literature and um, African-American literature. And this is him playing himself. Um, But in an alternate timeline. Yeah. He's become the U.S. treasurer. Yeah. Um, Um, So she's... Go ahead. Did you know who this was? Um, first viewing, or at least the name. Did you know? Well, no, yeah, the right. The name was familiar. Okay, I had heard the okay. name before. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm positive that's a okay. real person. I just wasn't. I just don't. I just wasn't aware of that. Okay, <laughs> or yeah. exactly, I'd heard it. So we're in the same boat then. <laughs> um, so she's here to find out who Will is, and she even um uses his name in talking to this kiosk mm-hmm. <laughs> person. Um. And uh, the, uh, he uh, asks her to uh, swab herself, yeah. himself, <laughs> but instead she, of course, uh, swabs the uh, coffee cup. Yeah. So roundabout, it, it's a really clever way, you know, like I talked about when she took the cup, you know, it, it makes sense that she would come up with a way to do a DNA test on this thing that circumvented the the need to go through official channels, mm-hmm. I suppose. And uh, the kiosk asks her to give a uh, phone number. Mm-hmm. So we'll find out uh, what that number is exactly and where they call in a moment. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Um, um, anything else here at the kiosk? Um, I don't think so. I'll have something else in this uh, general place, but it'll be in a connection with the uh, the supplemental stuff. Okay. Um, uh, so we, she gets back to, to her house and the first thing is, is that on her porch is apparently it's the kid's grandfather. Yeah. I'd have to, I'm pretty sure is what maybe, maybe her husband says inside kind of a little more 
but uh, it seems like that might be the case. I, yeah, I took it feeling. as grandfather as well. Yeah. yeah. And so, and one thing we learned in the flashback earlier um, is is you know her partner was someone named Doyle, and his wife yeah. was Jenny, and that they had a son Christopher that goes by Topher. So that kind of tells us mm-hmm. then you know who these kids are that they adopted. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of missed that. Yeah, missed that part. That the yeah yeah right that was mentioned in the the uh, judge but, saying yeah. in the hospital um, saying Christopher and she kind yeah. of corrects him yeah um, so apparently they had a lot stronger connection between mm-hmm. Angela and, and Doyle of course her 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 partner yeah um, versus uh, Judd and either of them really well there was that other thing there that was happening then too that I kind of forgot to mention uh, I thought we were going to get to in a moment but or, or back then um, momentarily um. But I thought, uh, you know, there was that interesting thing where, you know, they were talking about their first names. They really weren't calling them each other by their first names at that point. Oh, yeah. And that's where their friendship essentially is, is, is going to get started, or at least, yeah. at least a deeper friendship than they ever had, you know, prior. Hmm. Um, so, but nonetheless, so, so on the porch here with the grandfather, and he essentially gets her to pay him off <laughs> to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and Which... not, not, get him, not get the kids on, on his supposed day. Yeah, which I thought was a really interesting, you know, the the obvious line about like, oh, will you take a rain check? And him replying, well, they'll take a real check. Like, I didn't expect, mm-hmm. I didn't expect that he was actually asking for money, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she just complies and, and apparently writes him a check. Yeah. Like, Well, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's actually a, a subreddit I kind of enjoy Oh. Going to every now and then. It's a very very quick version of it, but it's that's a quick version of malicious compliance. Okay. Yeah. Um this uh this guy, yeah. you know, he, he always stands out to me. Um the actor's name is Jim Beavers. Um he was uh, a big part of uh the series uh Deadwood. And okay. he's he's been on lots of shows. Um but I actually know him I not not mostly for this, but I do know that he is like the foremost expert on the life of uh, George Reeves, the actor who played Superman, you know, in the in the 50s. Like he is basically George Reeves uh, biographer. Like he's just intimately familiar with with his life. And I mean, not that that has any relevance here. It's just one of my little one thing I know about Jim Beavers is that he like does this side thing of like he's working on all this information about the life of George Reeves. Mm-hmm. So of course that actually came up with a little bit last episode with talking about Will yeah. Reeves mm-hmm. last name and Bass Reeves and well, Superman I, connection. I, and I've, never, I've never seen it, but have you ever seen that movie with uh, Ben Affleck? Yeah. Oh, it's good. George yeah. Reeves? yeah. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Not a lot of fun, but um, it's interesting for mm-hmm. sure. But, um, so she yeah. gets inside, and her husband and the two younger kids are there, kind of doing a, you know, it's it's it fits for the time frame we're in right here, right now. Yeah. But I forget, isn't this supposed to be September? Yeah, I mean, so it's it early a bit on but... the early side for yeah. like Halloween ish. What they're doing, it seems like what they're doing. Sure, but I think little kids are kind of in that mode. <laughs> yeah, to get it hyped up. Yeah, a bit prior, a bit early on, but but so the husband, the the father, he sees acquiescing and, and he's playing the ghost <laughs> and yeah. so the kids are playing the owl and the pirate yeah definitely so, thematically well, fits you know mm-hmm. it's it's watchmen so 
pirates and owls and, and ghosts, I guess, to some degree. But um, like, I, I see this and it's like, I, I get what you're doing. You know, I get why you're showing us them in, in an owl in a pirate costume. But it's like, are, are Dracula's not a thing? You know, werewolves? Like, are there no other cultural... Yeah you know, things that people would, would dress up as, because I think even the, the kids that show up to Hollis Mason's door trick or treating, I think are kind of the same costumes. No, maybe not owl, Mm -hmm. but like a ghost and a pirate and that sort of thing. It's like, you know, well, I would hope like, I know I, from one of the trailers and not the one that we covered. Yeah. The other one, essentially the other main big one. Um, it seems like maybe later on, since it's definitely not happening yet, um, in these first two episodes, but uh, it seems like there's kind of maybe like a Halloween-ish type scene okay. with a lot of people in costume. Hmm. So I'd, I'd hope that there's going to be some more variety there. Yeah. And it won't be just like, you know, 50 owl people, 50 fire people, <laughs> right, like, one Dr. Manhattan or whatever. Like, hey, do you get it? Do you get what we're doing here? You know. Hopefully but. there's a little more variety into, the, into that realm versus, yeah. and then the big thing is to stay away from superheroes. Right, you know? yeah. Makes sense, but yeah. yeah. Um, so the the biggest thing I noted here is in in, in the discussion that uh, Angela and Calvin have are mm-hmm. that that he knows she yeah. she has communicated with him apparently <laughs> about yeah. the old man at the bakery, you know, and I, I and therefore also Jud, you know Judd he knows that Judd's died and and because mm-hmm. he relays to her that that uh, Jane Judd's wife uh, had had called and. And invited them, mm-hmm. and then he wants her to go, um, and he'll stay with the kids to a, to a, to a, a wake of a sort of funeral, right. memorialish, what have you. So I think she must have. We we definitely know she went home, or didn't. We don't know she went home. We know she changed clothes between her being Sister Knight at the Nixonville uh-huh. uh, beatdown. You know, yeah. from the next scene, then she's in just her normal. Uh, civilian attire and she's going into the cultural center and so i i guess then that maybe that's when she went home to change clothes and maybe then told calvin all about what had happened i can't imagine there was another chance for her to have gone home and talked to him maybe she called him we know that she doesn't have a cell phone so it would have had to have been from somewhere that had a landline so i'm well well we you know, her main, at least, her main changing place is the nun cave at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. So my next question is, is when she does change into Sister Knight, how does she leave? Mm-hmm. I don't think we've really seen that. You know, some kind of um, non-front door. Yeah, it's like a garage door <laughs> that she you drives know, out be, of yeah. um, at that first episode. I think she some, just pulls out from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's probably like a night owl kind of situation where it's, um, you know, it'll let you out like two blocks down that way. Like he's he's secured an exit, you know, far enough away from his front door, Mm -hmm. you know, that sort of thing, probably. Um, Yeah. The uh, yeah, I definitely thought that was interesting that that Cal, he he knows a lot more than I think we expect to. Yeah, I think going into this, it seemed like he was unaware of her, you know activities that you know but in the first episode we see he's he's not shocked that she pulls a gun out you know and gives it to him so he's definitely seems to be aware of of kind of her these activities that she's still doing so 
Yeah. Um, so she's going to talk with Topher, mm-hmm. the oldest kid. Yeah. Um, so she goes upstairs and is what we what we see. He's I think we see him in the room, mm-hmm. you know, by himself at first, and and this odd structure, very yeah. silvery metal, and it almost seems like it's floating. <laughs> yeah. Did There's you catch the name on the box? Hint. No. Oh, it says uh, Magna Hatton blocks. Oh. So magnetic Manhattan, yeah. you know, oh. it's kind mm-hmm. of a, this Erector set type thing. Mm-hmm. Legos, kind so, of. Yeah, I, oh, I, I, I said in my note, I have Lego bricks are now metal and float. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it seems like it only works over yeah. this. Uh, looks like there's this uh, oh, kind yeah. of mat on the floor, mm-hmm. where which it, makes sense for what happens here. Yeah, at the end of this conversation, he's, yeah. Which seems to get upset eventually. It mm-hmm. takes, takes him a little bit, of, you know, a few seconds at least. Not yeah, and this not minutes or hours even like it does for her. Yeah. So, I think what really surprised me about this is that there would still be anything licensed with a derivative of of Manhattan, right? You know, yeah. that yeah. that I someone would this sell this toy to a kid you know, unless yeah. it's something that's twenty five years old, thirty years old that. Mm-hmm. they've given to him you know i don't know maybe it's something old that wasn't taken off the shelves but yeah. it didn't seem it didn't read to me as being super old hand-me-down toy it, it looked like brand new sort of thing but uh regardless it's surprising that he's playing with something der- derived i guess from manhattan right. or um but yeah the cool thing is that it's just this floating castle that he's making um definitely on uh, second viewing, it definitely reads as yeah he's making a castle, and we've now seen that like the castle on Mars and the castle somewhere, castle somewhere, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. What what I'll what I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now of what I'm gonna call because it's that way in the uh, Pedipedia, the blonde man. Isn't oh, okay, that, isn't it there? Um, in there is it in there or is it somewhere else? Like kind of pretty official. Oh, I remember where. It was what I fe- what I came across uh, during the week last week. Uh, the script, oh, okay, a bit of the script that Lindelof posted, mm. um, and and in it he has noted as being he, okay. he's referred to as the blonde man. Okay, seems like everywhere else the the lord, yeah, the lord of the the manor of the yeah. estate, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, um, let's see. This I I really it. it it comes across first viewing when she tells him about Judd, when she tells Topher about Judd, it's really super harsh. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't lead up to it, you know, and maybe because she knows this kid's been through, you know, a world of, of shit already. Um, even at a young age, like he's dealt with some stuff that no kid should have to deal with. And, but she just flat out says, you know, like Judd is dead. Um, and, I think we get a really strong scene from uh, this Topher. I think this uh, yeah. uh, Dylan mm-hmm. Dylan Dylan Shombing, I think, is the kid playing him, and just does a, a really terrific job of selling this idea of like being angry because he died, and so he his defense mechanism goes up, and he responds with, you know, well, policemen die. I wrote. Hold on, I wrote it down exactly Eventually. how he words it. Eventually. Um, where was this scene? Um, 
Oh, it was really good. Um, he was a policeman. Policemen die. Um, and then he tells her not to tell his uh, younger sisters, you know, and that he'll do it tomorrow. So it's like you get this little kid who's taking all this responsibility on himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, which is I just really, really liked. And, uh, yeah. Um, he also and- commented that, well, he wasn't his real uncle. So I think it's, again, just uh-huh. he's being as harsh as I think she kind of was being with him, just matter of fact, you know, and, and almost like a denial, I guess, that uh-huh. doesn't matter because, you know, he's trying to play it off like it, it just doesn't matter. So he hasn't learned yet to take that 10 seconds and, and just let out the pain and let, you know, all that. Uh-huh. He's just denying. He's in that stage, I guess, of acceptance. Um, so then the last thing that we hear from him, mm-hmm. uh, verbally at least, is, is oh, yeah. a request asking her to, if it's okay if he watches TV. Yeah. <laughs> and she says that's that's fine or what have you. Um, and then we get into <laughs> yeah. this watching of TV by a lot of people, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we even see, not, not only do we see uh, Topher and, and Calvin sitting on the couch... And it's going into this crazy warning too. But uh, yeah. real quick, also though, we got we also see Looking Glass. He's sitting down with his hood on in yeah. his own place, seemingly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Having just made some food or something, and he's gonna eat eat while the hood's on, just like he, he already yeah. has a little bit with what in the car he was eating something there, some kind of snack oh yeah out nuts of box and and uh, similar to Rorschach eating his beans. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we also see uh, 7K, a couple 7K people um, seemingly building some kind of vest device on a vest. Yeah, like a suicide vest, I think. And yeah, could that be yeah, some kind of bomb maybe? And maybe the batteries are being, are the batteries being used? Could be, that? yeah. Hmm, interesting. But that's just, that almost seems like just like a teaser for what to, could come. Oh, here. yeah. Who knows how many episodes. Yeah. Certainly nothing too soon, I'd imagine. But mm. um so this is going to be the you know what's what's been uh, promoted and and you know way back as we mentioned I think last week you know um, but but promoted throughout uh, or at, at a couple points I think uh, last episode and that kind of animation thing mm-hmm. that happened about this time in the, in the episode too yeah um, but we well, we see this much longer scene which we got also got uh, you know got 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 us going really kind of crazy thinking you know it would actually be. Oh yeah, you know, real real footage instead of a show within a show, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of doing the Black Freighter thing. I think was that the uh, Comic Con footage? I think that this was mostly featured in. I think the the Hood of Justice stuff. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's when they we saw glimpses of this stuff before. Um, so I I guess this is kind of like the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, well, the only other thing to mention though, uh, real quick, uh, with that, with that warning, I mean, yeah. it's just it's just very severe. It, it really is. It starts out you know. saying that it's uh, it's it emotionally harmful. Yeah, you know, and then it goes on to um, just list the all the things that it's it, it contains. You know, mm-hmm. scenes of uh, anti-Semitism, of I think violence. Against maybe violence against women or, or something like that. Um, just listing all the stuff that it's, and it's not making any excuses for or apologizing for. It's just flat out stating, you know, this, this is featured and you know, your kids should definitely not be watching this and that sort of thing. Yeah, and, even supervised. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed when it zooms in, 
Because, yeah, it kind of transitions between the three groups that we see watching it. And as it's uh, zooming in in the last group that we see, the 7K, who have it on in the in the TV in the background, you see the – what I think we're, we're now familiar with like the TV MA kind of little black box you know, rating kind of system that they have for television shows now. But this one I noticed was uh, – it says TV X – so it must be rated X because, you know, of all the violence and nudity and stuff that it must contain. Um, and then it does list uh, LSV under the X. So I think that means language, sex, you know, sexual situations or sex. And then I guess violence would be the V. So that's my assumption. Um, yeah. We want to talk about the... Uh, this yeah, this, old timey this, this intro part, yeah. intro part to this show within a show, which is set in the what the thirties, essentially thirties or maybe early forties. Yeah, I think would be the idea. You know, similar to it's essentially telling the story that that's that we kind of know <laughs> from from the comics, from mm-hmm. the back matter of the comics. We've never seen any visuals from it besides just like a little what's supposed to be like a little picture of Hooded Justice or what have you. Right, not counting any before Watchmen stuff that may have may have oh, yeah, that's talked true. about it, but yeah. Most people won't have read all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um I was really I mean it's it's meant I think the joke is that this is just Rorschach. You know, this is giving the American mm-hmm. public Rorschach because the voiceover, if you take out where he specifically talks about he himself being uh Rolf Mueller uh-huh. He, it's just Rorschach, you know, he yeah. even flat out the dialogue that he's talking about with, uh, you know, I put on this, this mask and, and that's when I become who I really am. And, uh-huh. you know, it, it, it's just Rorschach. And I think that's really funny. And, and that's the joke, you know, for us yeah. as the HBO watchers, we understand that the show within a show is trying to give this American public what they want. And that's, Rorschach, you know, um, just because that's it's the popular way to do it, you know, with this narration and and having him narrate this this story about, you know, that's me, I'm dead, and and but that's not really me. That's just what I wanted them to think. And then uh-huh. it is that when it cuts to the newsstand boy, and then you see these uh, these guys gearing up to rob the this I don't know general store, and then. I think that's how it plays out. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I like that it I like the way it's shown and everything. And um, at first it, it caught me off guard because you think like, you think old timey and you expect that to have a certain visual quality and um, mm-hmm. and they don't make any attempts to like put a sepia filter on it and make it look like old footage. It, it's just it's mm-hmm. as crisp and clear and high quality as something that would be shot now but we know because of the costuming and everything that it's set in the 30s 40s um which is just visually kind of striking like you don't expect to see something that's meant to be old looking so crisp and clear so it kind of took me a second to remember like okay this is a tv show (laughs) you know but um, and the gunman the guy that is basically doing all the talking with his uh, the, the hat that he's wearing and the little mask pulled up over uh, most of his face, just 
it looks like John Bernthal from Walking Dead and Punisher. Like it looks like that guy's eyes and, and shape of his nose just from what I I remember thinking that when we saw this bit in the uh, Comic Con footage, but. Mm-hmm. That's uh... um, um, the newspaper thing you're. I think you're referring to is is the um, the War of the Worlds. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hoax. Hoax. Yeah. Kind of ish. What have you? That uh, Orson Welles. Yeah. You know, it was really just put in on a you know uh, a radio play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That seemed very real <laughs> to the people listening. Sure. And mistook and that... it for that for for a a alien invasion happening. Yeah, and kind of fitting, I guess, with this show of like. Yeah putting on a show that deceives people i guess if you want to break it down to a kind of it's a simplified you know explanation of that's what war of the worlds is and that's what this american hero story is you know it's they're deceiving the public and that sort of thing i guess so and, and it fits and it helps i guess to give context clues of like when this is all transpiring i suppose not that we're all like exactly sure when the war of the worlds broadcast went out but no, i think yeah. it gives you that idea of like eh, about the same roughly this 30s era i suppose so well and additionally i mean this this whole idea that they're having this american hero story it seems like it's something of an anthology and apparently i I saw something today that indicated that the first this is like the second season yeah yeah and the first season was rorschach Mm -hmm. so that and that was set more in the what 60s 70s um yeah i would assume just probably i don't know if it Maybe, maybe may it uh, maybe took place over his entire career yeah, of like sure. 60s through the 80s. Yeah, maybe. if it's a series. Yeah. So if it's, or I mean a season. You yeah, know, yeah. Worth. A season's worth. Um, yep. Yeah, you could easily do that. Um, um, I like yeah. the once yeah. uh, Hood of Justice busts through the window, um, there's the, the hyper violence. I don't know yeah. if it's inten- <laughs> intending to be a nod to Snyder movies. Um, they don't use the slow motion quite as much. No, yeah. But just the hyper violence, I think, is mm-hmm. is, I mean, and that's Watchmen. You know, that certainly isn't just a Snyder thing. That the book itself is, you know, doesn't shy away from uh, broken bones and and bloody faces and that sort of thing. But you know, it's hard to not see a, a, a brutal fight scene. And then maybe it's the the show within a show maybe it this is the new crew poking fun of Zack Snyder maybe mm-hmm. just just with like in this sh- fake show that's where we show the hyper violent stuff maybe yeah. mm-hmm. but I, I don't feel like Lindelof and, and crew want to take shots at, at Snyder for his work but mm-hmm. that was just just a fleeting thought that I had so probably not the case but um, there, there is the one thing that, uh, as in the narrator, he's he's saying, "I'm not ready to tell you who I really am." <laughs> yeah. If I did, you wouldn't watch until the end. <laughs> so, I mean, that's another meta thing that's going on here, of in course. my opinion. That uh, you know, I mean, we're not finding out about the blonde man, really. Yeah. You know, especially. Well, and that applies to to Will. Yeah. You know. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Um, and then then this narration of his continues on into. You know, it, 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 we, we're not seeing the show anymore, right? But we're hearing this, and it's and it's showing Angela going on her way to uh, Judd's wake, mm-hmm. um, where she meets uh, Joe Keen, mm-hmm. who who 
I didn't quite get it on the first viewing, but again, seeing something, hearing something today that, you know, the the thing he says, he's talking to her as if she's part of the police force. So yeah. Yeah. So does he know? <laughs> I th- I think so. I, that's one yeah. one thing I noted the second time around that yeah. I, I believe he knows that she's a cop. Otherwise, mm-hmm. why would he be talking to her about this? Um, you know, maybe if if because of his friendship with Judd, maybe maybe Judd was a little loose about mm-hmm. um, talking about the people that he that he worked with or worked for him. Or, mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe and maybe you know intentionally or unintentionally i mean maybe yeah. you know and also word maybe as a senator maybe he he's privileged to yeah, this right. information maybe or, yeah if he's on a certain committee too yeah especially. so um yeah i definitely noticed um, that so, so so she passes out and yeah. continuing on with that that little bit of about who knows what she ends up mm-hmm. in 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 a bedroom in a bed and jane is there judd's wife and Jane, their little conversation indicates that Jane certainly knows as well. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. She she, she says something like, "Get these fuckers mm-hmm. that killed her husband." Yeah, and I guess if you're in that inner circle, you know, there's no way that Judd can hide that he's the chief of police. I mean, and even mm-hmm. in the supplemental thing about um, the newspaper one about the police chief feared dead, it, it talks about you know. The reason he doesn't wear a mask is because it's it's mandated that the whoever's in charge mm. has to be a public figure, basically. Um, and so I guess that you know that obviously explains why there's so much protection around his estate when he goes driving, except except for that one night. <laughs> um, but then I guess you just have to understand that you know his wife would be privy to, to certain amounts of information, and that you know. I think it would make sense that as especially when we see that they are as as you know civilians they're they're friends as far as like their couples you know with her and Cal and and him and uh Jane like so yeah I guess there would be a certain amount of trust built up over years and and that those those uh masks I guess would be taken off I suppose so mm-hmm. makes sense I suppose um, so, yeah, just to uh, to keep she, banging that drum of like that they he introduces himself as Joe Keen. Okay. Um, just backing up to that real quick. It's like, mm-hmm. and everything you know that I've read, all the supplemental stuff lists him as Joe Keen, and then everything with his father lists him as John David Keen. Yeah. But it all all this stuff calls him Joe Junior, and I just still still don't have an answer, a satisfying answer of why he's Joe. Joe David Jr. or I, I don't know. Maybe it's yeah, a Jack point. Kennedy, yeah, John F. Ago, Kennedy yeah. thing, right. but I guess I'm that's not familiar with that. It took me a while in my life to realize. <laughs> oh, what, what? Oh, Jack is kind of like short for John. For some yeah, reason. yeah. Okay, what? But, um, but yeah. I'll, I'll maybe I'll quit banging that drum. Just you know, <laughs> maybe that's what it is for me. This 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 go around. It's that's my thing. I can't let go. But uh, anyways, yeah. So she gets up after Jane's left. You, know, you kind of you know. know that she's going to do that. As soon as the camera lingers on her, closing her eyes just just too long, like it's oh, okay. You know, you know as soon as she opens her eyes that there's going to be some, uh, in you know some interesting music Speaking start about. playing, and you know, and sure enough, it does. So, 
Um, so and she puts on these glasses that we kind of had it. I think in the trailer, that yeah. last trailer we talked about. Uh, you know, and they're they're I have to think they're night owl too tech. Yeah, I think again, just uh, oh, Dan. Um, tech again. derived from um, yeah. Dan stuff because I'm firmly under the belief that you know again the owl ship that they crashed was not archie but was uh based on that Uh that tech and that these are goggles that must be at some level like standard issue for maybe not all cops but for Uh the costumed cops maybe you know, maybe she and Red Scare and Looking Glass and Pirate Jenny and maybe that tier or that level of police well, officer well, get this we did, tech. We, we did. We did hear something about. I almost, I almost, I had it in my notes earlier. I forgot to bring it up, but um, uh, the media earlier back at uh, Judd's yeah uh, crime scene, uh, they did call her detective. Oh, okay, yeah. So that that if makes we sense. To yeah. Start, just go ahead and label them. Okay. As the yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I'm fine yeah. With that. Um. So yeah, I, I just have to assume that again, and and now that now that I'm thinking about it, now that we know that where Dan is, maybe all of his stuff was seized, and so all that technology is now property, or all that information is property of the uh, of the government. I would think so. That that would maybe explain why she has these goggles that I don't believe are the exact ones that were meant to. Th- believe he wore or part of night owls you know costume but no just it all derived... has to be the exact same thing what's that it all has to be the exact same stuff well and it's funny because i've i've read and i've heard some people, people talk about that talking about that yeah as if and i don't know especially with the archie and stuff like that like people yeah. believe that that was archie and it's just crashed well, yeah you know, in the trailers it really seemed like it was it archie. did yeah 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 until we got the closer look yeah longer look but so she finds out hidden behind a secret compartment seemingly a la comedian in the closet yeah um uh this uh ku klux klan outfit yeah with sheriff badge with, on with, it right yeah with the badge on <laughs> which so i mean you know i mean after he became chief uh, even you know you you then think he must have used it you would think. So I had a couple thought. Well, I mean, my, my or is this is this related to his dad? I that's what I think. I don't. Okay. I don't know that this okay. is Judd's that he would personally yeah. wear. I think it's older because that sheriff star is older. Um, mm. hmm. And just just the material itself, it looks old. You know, it doesn't mm. look new. <coughs> uh, you know, I just I don't know why you'd keep it. Unless you hero worship your father, maybe a little bit, and we see mm-hmm. that that photo of him, right. uh, presumably in his dad's lap, like we, I, I, I assume then then that means he looks up to his father, and maybe this is a dark side of his father's past mm-hmm. that he is aware of, and maybe you know I, I think I wish I could say that I expected something different when she opened that that thing, um. Than to find the, these robes, but you know, um, but seeing it, you know, definitely first watch, I'm like, oh, so we we now we know that he was a piece of shit, racist yeah. cop, you know, <laughs> or 
chief of police, you know, all that. And, <coughs> excuse me. Um, and then you get later on the dialogue with her and, uh, where she's asking Will if like, did he plant it? So then that starts to yeah. plant mm-hmm. seeds of doubt. Maybe this isn't Maybe, who he I mean, was. Yeah. Right. You know, so I don't know it. Hmm. Not sure. But but I do I do think now having watched it twice I don't I think it's either handed down from generation because again in that mm-hmm. um, police chief feared dead article it it lists that he's like fourth generation law enforcement mm-hmm. you know and so th- this out this uh, clan hood might go back generations yeah, maybe, yeah right so it could almost just be a piece of uh, family, uh, what do you, what would you call it? Heirloom kind of, mm-hmm. but you know, not that, that you that. would want to keep hidden. Yeah. Yeah. You'd want to you definitely it, wouldn't put it in your foyer. Yeah. Yeah. Living room. <laughs> so maybe it's that, but you know, this is Watchmen. So we do know that people tend to have dark pasts and dark, yeah. uh, and, and secrets. So, um, so then we have a little bit of a, we can hear over this, this last little bit, I forget exactly what the visual is on the screen at the time with him, with her, her walking out the, oh, oh, that's right. Well, duh, how can I forget? <laughs> um, she's walking out down the stairs and past a painting. Yeah. Which is where we get the, uh, the title from. Yeah. And it's, and it's not the exact same titled, uh, paint piece of art though, either. Right. It's like there's a little so bit of difference. Modified a bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason for that is, but yeah, it's yeah. it's this painting. So it's, of, so it's yeah. Oh, go ahead. So so it's the it's the style of riding to the side behind <laughs> behind your horse, what, you know, from the viewpoint of one side mm-hmm. of it. Well, I think it's just the the various maneuvers yeah. that these these Comanche Indians mm-hmm. are able to do while on horseback. It's just that mm-hmm. that that style of like uh, riding a horse in various ways during like battle. So just going back to that yeah. martial cuz the episode is martial feats of Comanche horsemanship and I think the actual painting by George Gatlin is Comanche feats of horsemanship. Mm-hmm. I've seen it a few yeah. different ways yeah, the word now. Martial isn't in it, yeah, yeah. So I'm not sure mm-hmm. um and maybe I don't know. It could be like in some circles, it's referred to as this, and so that's you know, I don't yeah, know. yeah. So that's possible. Yeah. Um. So so with viewing of this of these of this painting with the horses, we we hear what mm. ends up being, yeah, uh, horse riding by our blonde man. We kind of kind of know exactly where we're headed at that point in the episode. It's like, well, we know we have where we haven't been during this mm-hmm. episode, and then you, yeah, you start to hear uh, hoofs. Yeah. And he calls his horse Bucephalus. Oh yeah, yeah, I caught that too the second time. Mm-hmm. Once oh, I had captains. the, once I had the uh, subtitles on, that was much handier. But yeah, um, did you look up Bucephalus? No. So it means ox head, but Bucephalus was the horse of Alexander the Great. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> definitely you know apt, I guess, for who this character could be. Of course, if he well, is Ozymandias, also, you know, who uh, we know idolized Alexander the Great, mm-hmm. you know, so that would certainly be a name that he would uh, name his horse. And it also has the same first two letters and last 
last two letters of oh. the bastus. Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, and we also get the tomatoes on the trees. <laughs> yeah. That was another thing that was brought up in the, in today's, uh, Facebook, uh, the group, you know, the official discussion group for this episode was, uh, people asking about tomatoes on trees and stuff. Do and, tomatoes? Uh, <laughs> yeah. As like, <laughs> when I was talking about it, I was like, I'm, I'm like 85% sure that tomatoes, if given the chance, won't grow into a tree like this, you know, because I know that tomato plants can just grow. They can get pretty tall if you, if you keep watering them and, and all that stuff, mm -hmm. you know, given time and, and, but I was like, I don't think they could ever grow into a tree, but you know, and of course, yeah, they're, they can't, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but yeah, this is that idea of the genetic engineering and um and even going back to stuff uh, around Ozymandias and around Adrian Veidt in the book and everything about him trying to end or, you know posters about him trying to end world hunger and i think yeah. he mentions something about um engineered food uh, when he's giving that interview in the movie maybe mm -hmm. um so I think that's kind of where this is partially coming from. It's like they've engineered crops so that they can grow and they can yield more, uh, more fruit or vegetables in this whichever case. Oh, yeah. um, and I think that makes sense for you know you plant a tree, you you make a tree that can grow tomatoes. You're going to get more tomatoes than plants. Yeah, you know. <clears throat> so certainly seems well, within I, the realm of yeah. of Adrian Veidt's influence, I guess. Mm -hmm. So another. When I had to point end. out the the uh, what's in the book and the movie both the four legged chicken. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same yeah. idea. Different type of food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Slightly. Yeah. Animal to play. A little bit of a difference between a tomato and a chicken. <laughs> mm -hmm. Really? Uh, um. So next we get uh, Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Sean and Dave. Yeah. Of Groundhog Minute. Um, because, you know, you know, this, we have this same scene again of him sitting at the table with the cake and the happy anniversary. Yeah. But. And them, and the two dimwits singing. Well, did you, it's two candles on the cake this time. Okay. Yeah. Two yeah. candles. Yeah. So yeah, our, next time we see it, is it going to be three? And then, cause it, um, yeah, I'm not sure, but I don't know. We, we don't know if this is the next day. Um, yeah, but certainly some time has passed because the previous episode he was talking about, he's either nearly complete with his play that he's writing mm -hmm. or, you know, well, so, I thought he, I thought he said I've started. Oh, he's just, okay. I've started one. You might, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. So, so definitely some time has passed. Maybe it's been a full year and now it's the second anniversary. Um, or maybe time is meaningless. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> kind of. Um, <laughs> In some alternate dimension, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, what, what, when is when is this happening in relation to the rest of the story? That right. Well, it's <laughs> certainly know, it's all up for grabs. Very up for grabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It Way it seems, you know, based on all the steampunk type <laughs> equipment mm -hmm. that they have yeah. when they're putting on this play, mm -hmm. it seems old, but there has to have been time for genetic engineering for that tomato. <laughs> You know, that didn't happen in the 
yeah, 1900s or whatever. <laughs> so I think it's set, you know, in this roughly the same era as our main storyline. Um, so I don't know. But what we've even postulated that, that could be on Mars. It, it, exactly. I yeah, mean, it could. So maybe it's not even on Earth. Yeah. Who knows? You know, who, who cares about what time it is? <laughs> right. Point? It's, I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. If but, you go fast enough, time will go slower for you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, compared to I absolutely um, love when they get close to being done singing and he says get on with it and they just finish the song faster I, that really tickled me I, I they, really, have to, they have to complete it yeah I love that blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. I thought it was interesting this time around how outwardly rude he is to them right you know exactly. uh, Phillips says something about it occurring you know um, yeah, know. right. Something about but it but, but, didn't but the barman's response responses. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, there are so many things I'd like to occur to you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, is is Jeremy Irons wearing fake teeth? Oh, in this performance, because awesome. I've noticed the way he says a, a lot of his dialogue, it sounds almost like he's trying to get it out. Um. I mean, it sounds like he's wearing a false set of teeth, like just, just, just big front teeth. Maybe it just sounds like when he speaks, there's just certain words that he can't pr- pronounce quite right, and it's not an accent thing. It's it's more of a physically saying the words, yeah, a, thing. a mouth, yeah, yeah, mouth and lips and tongue, like yeah, somewhere in there. And I don't know if it's it that's part of the character, like he's he's got these, you know. Uh, new dental work or something. I don't know. Or maybe that's just, maybe Jeremy Irons had teeth work done. I'd never noticed his teeth before, but it just seemed like he was having a difficult time saying certain words. I noticed it, you know, when he's talking to to them here and then later on during their, uh, at the end of their performance and everything that we'll see in a minute, like just, Mm -hmm. just certain words that didn't sound right. But so we, we do, we do come to this, uh, performance oh yeah performance of of one of the acts my question is is which sure <laughs> you know what 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 are all the acts of this play and we but we get the one and it's so what was it five acts yeah is that what he stated mm-hmm. earlier yeah yep yeah and it's and it's the john osterman turning into dr manhattan yeah and it's so origins. it's kind of it's kind of exactly what on the surface it seems like it would be about you know it, it is a mm-hmm. story about the life of John Osterman turning into Dr. Manhattan. And, uh, um, so I like, I I guess, I guess my other big question though is, is, I mean, you know, if you try, try to put the book itself into acts, I mean, we, we certainly have the 12 chapters. Sure. So to speak, but our, our, our two of the, are the first two roughly, would that be the first act? And, you know, so it doesn't have to. It's certainly not going to be match up on one because we're going to have seven left over. <laughs> well, I would think that it would be the five acts would encompass just just Doctor Manhattan and John Osterman. I I, I don't hmm. think it would be. I mean, yeah, I think if you look at just the John Osterman stuff, you could probably divide that into five acts. Maybe it's like yeah. Act One is if this is Act One, um, it's it's the creation, you know. So it's mm-hmm. 1959 through i don't know 1963 64 um 
And then 65, when he kind of, I think, becomes involved with the Crime Busters, 66 maybe. So maybe that's Act 2, where it's like, you know, 66 through 70, and then, you know, 71 through whatever. Like, so maybe it's more like that, um, breaking down maybe up until, you know, we know that they disband in 77 because of the Keen Act, and then... So maybe Act 5 ends with 1985 when he leaves Earth and goes to Mars. So I could see that kind of those, what, 59 to 85? What is that? Um, basically 20, yeah, 21 years. You could roughly divide that into five. Have every four-ish years is a new mm-hmm. act. Hmm. Wow. If I'm just spitballing. <laughs> well, well I, I, so then, I, you know, maybe we'll get an, another further act yeah. and another further for their anniversary, you know, and we'll, yeah, that each, would, each uh, episode t- number would be <laughs> another year on the anniversary candle. Cake. Yeah. That'd be great. You get another act. As yeah. Going out too. Um, um, so, so as part of this, Mr. Phillips gets incinerated alive. I was and so happy. <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, for a couple of reasons, it's like, it, it's, uh, it's kind of the prestige level commitment to the bit, yeah, right? You know, it's <laughs> if you want to carry out this, uh, you know, amazing trick of cloning yourself and everything. Well, you got to pay for it with death. Yeah. Um, I love that he commits to putting him in this chamber and just roasting him alive. Yeah. Um, and the fact, and the fact that he's the one that does it as well. Yeah. Oh my the god. Man. Oh, it's on the plunger. so good. Um, and I noticed the second time around, and obviously because basically because of the subtitles, um, it says Phillips, uh, he like cries out master, you know, as he's mm. burning a lot. I didn't catch that before, but it makes so much sense that like, he's not quoting like, Oh, Janie, I'll always love you. Trying. It's, it's master. <laughs> he's you know, forgotten like, about. Yeah. <laughs> trying to, <laughs> I, I just, it's so so funny and and of course you know whoever he is is so committed to uh just being doing whatever the hell he wants to do and he mm-hmm. sees these people as being expendable you know i think that's when we he goes to tell everyone how how good of a job they did and of course the stage hands all take off their masks yeah, right. and stuff like, and we yeah leading up to that it's like so why are these other people masked? Are yeah. they not supposed? To, are we? Are, are they not supposed to see what else is going on? Yeah, I, 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 at first I just felt like, oh, it's just helping with that illusion of you know the stage, you know, just <laughs> it's it's the sim, you know, it's akin to them of stage hands all wearing black, you know, for you know a lot of like uh, mm-hmm. concerts just and to that blend sort of in yeah, just to, just to not be usually not, a darker to not stand out, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really like so. Are we thinking clones then, not robots? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm leaning towards clones. I mean, I guess I they're mean, identical and they're all slightly off. <laughs> but if, if if there were robots and oh, what yeah. happens with the watch, yeah, then wouldn't we also hope that maybe the the robot could be resuscitated? Yeah, and I mean they, they talk about. Putting them with the others. That's true. Putting this yeah. one with the others. <laughs> and it looks like burnt flesh. And when, yeah, he peels yeah. the watch out of his fingers, it mm-hmm. definitely looks like uh, a yeah. human. There's no creaking. Yeah, yeah. So, so I definitely think clone. Um, 
Well, now there's so there, there's the new Mr. Phillips. His his yeah. name prior to that is Montrose. Mm-hmm. I didn't find anything interesting with that name. I, apparently, there's a rock band called Montrose, and I think Sammy Hagar is the front man. Oh. But that's all I found, and I don't think there's any any. Mm-hmm. If there's anything more notable for that name, it didn't appear like on the top search for Montrose. So, um, I mean, I know I it's a go name. Into, so okay. Yeah. And I didn't go into the uh, two of the, the the first of the two songs that the violinist is playing, but the second one okay. is Ride of the Valkyries. Oh, of course. Yeah. Which was in the movie. Yeah. And yeah, throughout the book, it was referenced. Yeah, mentioned. Yeah. Referenced. Um, I, I took the, you know, she says something about um, it being the end. And of course, you know, he gets the um, trailer moment line. Uh, saying, you yeah. know, nothing ever ends. Or, sorry, I'm getting them confused because he talks about it like it's just beginning or just begun. Um, mm-hmm. But he, at some point, quotes. Oh, I know why I'm getting confused because I wrote it down in a, in a different spot in my notes. Um, during the John and Janie, or, or uh, Janie and Dr. Manhattan segment of this play, once once Manhattan comes down, you know, she asks him if it's the end or something, and and he says, you know, nothing, the often quoted line, "Nothing ever ends," and that's when Jeremy Irons' character kind of, I think, says it Seen along it. with He's them. Seen it in, yeah, in time along with says yeah. nothing ever ends, and the way that he plays that, I read as this this whole living in this estate and yeah. messing with his clones. <laughs> And riding his horse, it's all like, it's like a sentence, you know, it's mm. maybe he can't leave this place. Mm-hmm. I think I might have hinted at this the first episode. Yeah. I forget, but maybe this is his, you know, purgatory or he's doomed well, to, to, you know, basically just him saying nothing ever ends. I read it as I can't get out of this place, you know, mm-hmm. um, I'm doomed to just keep doing this. Maybe it's not a cycle like a Groundhog Day, but maybe it's just a never-ending, you know, every day is exactly like the day before. Or... Yeah, just because it's so fairly boring. Yeah, so he has to come up with this, you know, yeah, this fuck it, I'll write a play, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, so And that got me thinking, like... more original. What's that? <laughs> you think you'd come up with something more yeah, original. Yeah, yeah. But I guess write what you know, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I like that it's it that it would be in his own uh, perception of what happened and how it went down, and mm. it was mostly, I guess, you know, true to the origin that we know. Yeah. Um, but most of that would be a matter of public record, anyways. So he probably would have read and and known all those details too. So, um, but yeah, just it, it got to me got me thinking that if this was a sentence, if this was his punishment, you know, who's punishing him? Maybe Dr. Manhattan, uh, based on the the ending of the story, you know, just leaving uh, Adrian in Antarctica, maybe that wasn't good enough for Manhattan. Maybe he considered it later and was like, no, I should put this guy in some sort of situation where he's not going to die, but he just has to live out this, you know, rest of his life in a very contained uh, way. So, you know, that's just a thought that I had with with this with that line reading of nothing ever ends just really yeah. took me down that path so 
Huh? So we're ready to go back to yeah the more nor- more normal world. Yeah, I think um, so. So Angela is arriving back at the bakery part um, of her building, mm-hmm. her property, um, and um, uh, uh, Will is boiling eggs. Yeah, he's escaped the handcuffs, and when he she questions him about it, he says. Like where how you where'd you get the eggs? Mm. You know, I said I went to I went across the street to the grocery. <laughs> yeah. And it's like but you came back? Yeah. <laughs> Why'd you come back? Right. It's because he needs to tell her more. Yeah, he's like we're, we're this, this we hadn't done the puzzle in pieces. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um So she she shows him the the uh KKK mm. hood and robes and Yeah. Uh, and this he, is he's, this is the, the skeletons in the closet is referenced again, and you know it's it's literally <laughs> he's what like, happened. What are you talking about? <laughs> but he didn't mean that to be the case. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Um, and she's accusing him of planting it. Yeah. And he makes a point of, well, he can't. Is it what what, what floor was it on? You know, assuming mm. it was on maybe another floor. Yeah. And she kind of throws maybe it. Maybe he knows. Throws it back in his face of like, yeah. well, I thought you lifted up a two hundred pound, right. you know, police chief in the tree, and he's like, well. <laughs> Caught me there, <laughs> kind of yeah. so. Um, but he's saved by the bell. The phone rings. Yeah, at that point. And then a certain point uh, yeah. before that, you know, is when he reaches into the boiling water to get an egg mm-hmm. and just eats this hot, hard-boiled egg. So kind of going back to what we were talking about with the drinking the super hot coffee. It's just mm-hmm. it's where we kind of get this sense that maybe he's just somehow impervious to heat. <laughs> Which in itself is is bizarre, but but I mean, can that so so does it relate to him possibly being very strong, right, well? or invulnerable or something in some way? Yeah, not I'm yeah, not sure. It's definitely one of the one of the little question marks left. I think for this episode oh, yeah. is is what's with him in heat. So, um, but yeah, she gets the phone call. Um, I guess that's where the the number that she gave at the Greenwood mm-hmm. Cultural Center, I guess, is to this phone, um, and she gets the um, results. Mm-hmm. Um, that Will is a person that was there mm-hmm. at the Tulsa massacre. Yeah, and he had, I guess, two. You know, there was the indication of the two his two parents that were also involved. Yeah, I noted that directly. it says there are two ancestors and two yeah. descendants. But yeah, two descendants. And the and the second descendant besides her, um, Angela, I mean, it had me thinking, but then I realized, oh wait, one of the one of her two parents is the <laughs> this oh, other descendant. Yeah. Was I would it... assume. Unless they're talking about living descendant. Mm. They didn't specify living. Sure. <laughs> so Yeah. I hope it stays that way. I'd rather not, there not be some other further. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we're getting too Star Warsy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's Boy another twins or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So we find out that um, she is she is his granddaughter. Um, so kind of, I, I think you even hint, hinted at that um, first episode. That maybe mm-hmm. she was a descendant of his. I can't remember. Well, if that's I, I, where I you was were. thinking more of the 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 baby he had. Oh, right, 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 right. Which would not be related to him, yeah. but it would be yeah, just the baby of mm-hmm. that other family. That which yeah, who who knows that who, if that will be a factor that other yeah. other person that. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah. Um, he he says, "I want to show you where you, where you came from." Yeah. But she just <laughs> goes about arresting him essentially. At yeah. That point. Um, which leads to uh, my third of the 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 three embraces that she gets in this yeah. in this episode when she's picking him up to put him in the car you know she takes a moment there um you can tell that she's feel feeling it as an embrace you know she's she's trying to get him into the car but there's just a moment there where mm-hmm. you can tell that she she needs a hug at that moment you know and then that's kind of what it's serving as for just just a brief little second and you would think that she did this before, but that was before she knew yeah, he was yeah. her grandfather. Yeah. So, um, and, and now before that, though, she does, he he does indicate he has friends in high places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so that's the very next thing that happens <laughs> after she gets him in the car yeah. <laughs> is that a floating thing up in the sky mm-hmm. <laughs> drops a magnet onto the top of the car and yeah. takes it away. I noticed a uh, second go around that there's. One of those we keep seeing it in previews and trailers. I think that there's this blue. I'm gonna yeah. call it the mm-hmm. a Manhattan box. You know, it looks like a phone booth kind of, but it's kind of got a hydrogen symbol type thing spinning on top. I think, mm-hmm. um, just very reminiscent of Doctor Manhattan. Um, a little bit larger than a phone booth. Um, it's it, it's blurry in the background of this. Uh, kind of scene where she's getting him in the car and right before I think it, it lifts off. So don't think it has any connection to what's happening here, but it's definitely, um, it might clue us into kind of where they're at. We know that she's in the near the bakery or whatever. We assume that she's in this part of town. So, um, just something to look out for maybe in the next, next episode, we might get more of that, but, um, the, the paper drops that we, mm, yeah. you know, he certainly had in his possession at the end of the last episode, she had taken from him. So yeah. he had it back in his possession. He pushes it out the window. Doesn't really up. show yeah. how it leaves yeah, the car. Yeah, it just, it's just a magic pamphlet. For some that, reason it floats down. <laughs> it Forrest Gumps its way down into, yeah. into <laughs> her hand. Um, Do you ever see uh, Southland Tales? Ooh, just just once. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Way back. It's has this weird ending, mm-hmm. like all. Yeah. What's his name? David Kelly or oh. Richard Kelly? What's the director of Donnie Darko and the Southland Tales? Mm-hmm. And regardless, R- Richard Kelly. Something yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. So it has this weird ethereal, you know, ending and all this stuff, and um, I've, it's been a long time since I've seen. Southland Tales too, but I think it basically ends with a certain secret society type level of people are in this like airship, I think. And it's like Kevin Smith in weird old man, uh, prosthetic makeup and it's biling and the little lady from, uh, uh, what's it called? Poltergeist. Oh yeah. And Um, uh, Ruby, Ruby. Yeah. Something. Um, but it's like maybe four or five people all in like almost like old age makeup and just this weird group that you don't expect to be like, uh, you know, controlling all the events, but they like live up in this airship kind of thing. And and that's, that's what this felt like to me. It's this weird thing of like, 
who is beaming him up, you know, with this big magnet and taking him up, flying away. And it's like, are we going to later find that there's some, you know, secret cabal, you know, this uh, Illuminati type uh, society living up in this airship and, and, and Will is one of them and, and, you know, him talking about wanting to show her where she comes from. And it's just, Something just about this scene, and I'm sure I'm way off. It's a complete weird, random tangent and, and connection, but it just felt very much like the end of Southland Tales to me, just for that weird, like, who is lifting him off into this spaceship, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. Just had to get that out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, and then we hear... What I wasn't totally sure was was what the song was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't know it at all. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, I was I'm familiar with two songs that right. have this beginning, and one because the later one it's is sample it samples sure. the earlier one. So the from the 1989 Paul's Boutique uh, Beastie Boys uh, Eggman is what this ends up being. Mm-hmm. But I actually thought it might be more likely to have been uh, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. Yeah. Because you were you were telling me before that yeah. it's essentially the first like ten seconds are identical, and then until yeah. the Beastie Boys break in, you don't know which which version it is or what song you're. Well, hearing. actually, it's until the there's horns that come in oh, okay. on on the Superfly version that sure. don't come in on Beastie Boys, okay. and it just re- starts repeating. Gotcha. More so at that point, um, but. Uh, you know, and and the other thing I mentioned to to, to you, Travis, uh, is that you know while while the Beastie Boys Eggman itself, I mean the the lyrics in that I think have have some significance. Yeah, I, I think the Superfly version actually might have been better. Okay, <laughs> a better choice. But so I'd have to look at those lyrics. I don't yeah. know. Um, I at, at least the first verse. Yeah, I think know, when I was listening. Just the beginning part. Yeah. Just this uh, seeing the lyrics for this Eggman song. Mm-hmm. It just talks about this egg. It's like it's a symbol of life, which we know eggs are are very often the symbol of. I mean, hell, that's that's what Easter. That's the symbology of Easter mm-hmm. and eggs and all that stuff. It's it's you know renewal and that stuff. And um, but we've had now two episodes, you know, that have featured eggs. You know, she's mm-hmm. using eggs in her display on baking these cookies. And we now have uh, Will hard boiling eggs and eating eating at least one of those, and so eggs have played a part in two episodes, and you know, so I don't know if that's just coincidence. I mean, obviously, nothing is coincidence in something that they um, create, but it, like if if episode three doesn't feature eggs, I don't think we're gonna have like oh, it's broken the the you know the theme, but you know, I don't know. But yeah, that is uh, episode two. I don't. I think we still have the questions of of like the, the overall questions. I think it you know, definitely who is Jeremy Irons playing. You know that that I think is definitely still a question. Um, and now I think we have like who who took Will. Like where does who, where does he go? Who are the friends in high places? Like that's one of the big questions now. And. And and then the mystery surrounding him and Judd, like who really killed Judd, I think is the is a, still a continuing question. So um, yeah, those those would be three three big ones. Yeah. Um, how did you do? You have any other questions or like like that? Like 
Hmm. Any big mysteries that we're still, I mean, we still have a lot to learn from this show that we don't even know yeah. that, you know. No, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good. That's. Um, how did you feel about the episode? I mean, as far as we've we've now yeah. we've had the premiere, and so now we have the second episode. Like, did it was it as good? Do you think as the first? Was it just decent? Like, where does this one compare? I think to that premiere episode. Hmm. It's, I think it's really hard to compare these two. Okay. I think the next one, I hope I would have a yeah. better feel for. You know, compare it just to two, say, mm-hmm. <laughs> but but to compare it to that first one, that first one's, I mean, that that was pretty, yeah, yeah. I, I to see to see it all to see that play out the way it did, and mm-hmm. and uh, mm. yeah, they definitely with that first one, they they stuck the landing. Like I think I said, yeah. like they <laughs> they delivered on like the two year long, you know, hype. This one, it, it's a good episode for sure, but it it wasn't better than that that one and i don't think it was trying to be um no, but no. totally totally a good fun you know it adds to the mystery it answers a few little things um i think my favorite moments were definitely the uh the watchmaker son play and um i like the raid on nixonville was really strong and i i, I did like the hooded justice Minuteman. you know that that sequence so I think I like the stuff in in the bakery the best. With, okay. Between the two of them, just the two of them and cool. their their chemistry that they had. Right on. Should we wrap up with uh, I guess what we've now learned from the supplemental stuff that would have come out you know today we that the website was updated with uh, I think it's how does it word it like file number two or something like that and it had yeah. three bits of information well, and, and it indicates new yeah it still has the other one yeah, the older yeah. one which is further down the nice screen at this point yeah uh-huh. um there were three bits it was one was a clipping from the i don't recall if it said what paper it was from well it does it indicates the Tulsa paper yeah. yeah but it's like kind of like when you see associated press yeah in you know any paper can run an AP mm. article. This one is coming from the Washington Post Intelligencer. Mm. So I think in this alternate reality, the Washington Post has like a, I don't know, at some point they added Intelligencer, which is a real term from for newspapers and stuff. I didn't wasn't aware until I looked it up. Um, we have a, a memo um, called Masked, Masked Vigilantes in Pop Culture. And that one is a, is a Dale PD article or report he's writing and then the last one is a legal uh, document that's called the road to reparations um so i think uh, we've talked about some of this stuff the the tulsa police chief found slain uh feared slain sorry um that and this one is written by ben woodward so instantly you know I, I think of Bob Woodward of Woodward and Bernstein, mm-hmm. of, you know, Watergate and all that stuff. So I don't know, you know, again, nothing is, uh, everything is intentional when these things are being written. So I, I, I think we're meant to assume maybe that Ben Woodward is a relative of, you know, a younger relative of Bob. Maybe that's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, or it's just a little, you know, j- just a nod. Yeah. Easter egg nod. Yeah. Um, but being that he's writing at the, the Washington Post Intelligencer, I assume yeah. that means he's mm-hmm. living in the same area, general area of like 
where Watergate took place. And, um, but yeah, just a, just an assumption. Um, let's see. Um, it puts the date of this, uh, police chief feared slain article as September 17th. And we know from the first episode that that starts out September 8th or 9th, I think 8th. So, um, about a week has passed during the first episode because this episode starts, you know, right at the end of the last, the previous episode. Um, so I started thinking about it more and I, I couldn't initially think of where the passage of time comes from. Like, how do we spend a week in the first episode, but it feels like we're, it's overnight basically. Yeah. You know, but I guess like that sequence where they're having family dinner, uh, right before, I guess right before this, uh, the yeah, night it feels he like dies, it could like, have been maybe a couple days. Yeah, later, yeah. Like, so I guess there are enough sorry. cuts that there could have been yeah. significant passages of time. Mm -hmm. It just it took me by surprise reading the date, you know, and thinking that a week had passed since the first episode started. But uh, um, so there you go. Um, and of course, we get the mention that Judd is one of three survivors of the White Knight. Um, I already talked about him being a lieutenant at the time. And yeah, he was a Marine um, serving under Robert S. Mueller in the liberation of Vietnam. So um, did you have anything noteworthy from that? I mean, I know we, we did touch on, on several other points from that one already. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just the things I had mentioned okay. as we were going through. Um, the only thing I really gathered from the memo, uh, Masked Vigilantes in Pop Culture, um, there was apparently a Sons of Pale Horse band um, in the 90s. It was like a 90s rock band that took inspiration from Rorschach's journal. So maybe his, their album was full of songs that were um, thematically maybe derived from Rorschach's journal. And uh, they were, you know... They took the name Sons of Pale Horse because the original Pale Horse band were all yeah. you know, killed mm -hmm. November 2nd, 1985, mm -hmm. you know, obviously when the Squid event happened. So this is like a, a band who pays homage to that band who perished, yeah. you know, that, that, that date or whatever. Um, but the article is itself is just about like, Hey everyone, just be aware. There's a this this new American hor uh, American yeah. Hero story series is about to start, and it goes on like we all know what happened when the first season started, and it was a, all about Rorschach, and you know this one's apparently going to be about Hooded Justice and blah blah blah, and then oh yeah, this uh, Sons of Pale Horse is about to release. I think it even says like or drop as the. <laughs> as is the uh, uh, current slang or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they're about to drop this new album, like so many years um, since the anniversary of, of that, that night or whatever. So, um, and then the, the legal document, the road to reparations was out of everything that I've read in connection with this Watchmen, you know, this series, it kind of goes back, takes you back to that Tulsa massacre. And it's all about, um, putting, stating why the government needs to be held accountable for this massacre being swept under the rug. And it's, it's stating the, the case for 
reparations and why there should be no statute of limitations on any of this stuff. And, you know, and, but it, it points out like it's hard. Like, how do you make people today pay for sins of the past? Like that sort of thing. There's no easy answer, but it's still there shouldn't be a statute of limitations on people being, you know, homes being burned and it lists, you know, it lists the numbers of like, um, property damage that was lost and that sort of thing. And, and the lives that were the, the suspected number of lives that were lost, you know, and how do you make up for that sort of thing? And it, it's the one thing that, I mean, it's a, it's hard to read a, because it's very legalese, very like, uh-huh. you know, it's a, it's, to quote Yoda, you know, page turners, it is not. Um, but it's also, it's hard to read because it's like, this is one where I don't think, I don't think that they're altering this document that much from the real, you know, I think this document is basically a real document that they didn't have to edit much in to make fit into this TV show. You know, like it's, I don't think they're, changing a lot of details in, in this one um at least the facts as far as maybe this document doesn't really exist but they're not changing the facts that are in this document what i'm saying so um just for for an event that i only learned about a week ago from the first episode of this tv show you know it's uh it's, it's just hard to take in all that information that this is part of this country's past so I hope that we get a lot more stuff like that in this show that just just yeah. bring more awareness to this type of stuff. So, so yeah, um, some pretty good uh, supplemental stuff, I think, uh, this week. And now that we fully know that this is going to be, uh, I assume these are going to be uh, paired with uh, every episode, um, look forward to getting these again next week. But that is all yeah. I have, I think. Okay. So how do we wrap up? Um, I think we direct people to uh, the. I think definitely the Facebook group, uh, the Crime Busters Listeners Society. That's that's certainly the the best place for uh, conversation, you know. And just be aware, you know, we do uh, try to uh, keep all episode based discussion in an official post for that week's episode. Um, but I think we can. You know, feel free to join up over there and, and uh, keep the conversation going and, and let us know what you noticed with this episode that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about. And um, that'll be definitely be the uh, the place to talk about it. And what I like about this go around, you know, before when we would uh, hint at the, uh, the the Facebook group like that was this was, you know, months before the episodes would come <laughs> yeah, out and it true. wasn't like up to date. But this episode's basically know going up tomorrow or or tonight you know whatever um so it's more up to date so it's uh it's pretty fun so but i think that's that's definitely where we should direct people and of course twitter and instagram we're at uh watchmen a minute you can find uh eric and i over there and uh that's all i got mm-hmm. sounds good so we'll be back uh, next week this time episode three do we we need the title i was just it just occurred to me i don't know if we i'm pretty sure it's made available so yeah i I think we should uh close out with the 
I, I saw all the titles. They have all the titles. They have now. them all. On okay. Wikipedia, on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Last along time I looked, those, at, along with those writers. Last time I looked at IMDb, they weren't. They had like maybe yeah. three or four. Oh, okay. Um. So yeah, we will be back next week after we have all watched episode three titled "She Was Killed by Space Junk." Definitely looking forward to find out what that's all about. But until then. Who watches The Watchmen? We, we do. do. What are you two talking about? Oh, nothing. Just the end of the world. Is there life on Mars?